and we are recording on Thursday, August 10th, 2023 at 3.09 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, Dave was just telling us how he doesn't respect anyone on shows he does, and he'd prefer if we'd all shut the fuck up and let him talk, and really some rude racist shit that I don't feel... I mean, I'm a free speech absolutist, but some of the stuff Dave <laughs> says it really makes me re-examine things and wonder you know what is real and what isn't you know what is a genocide and what's cleansing and a bunch of gross shit um but today is indictment <laughs> cast and i gotta be honest i really haven't paid any attention to it other than it's just trump getting indicted i did see somebody posted on twitter they said trump uh trump's back to bangers but on truth social and he's talking about chris christie being like a fat pig slob or something and to me that's far more far more attractive and interesting than the indi- he doesn't seem too worried about the indictment do you think that's just whoever wants to take it did, did, do you think that's just him in general not having giving a shit about anything or do you think well, he before, feels yeah no but before dave goes off on a racist rant it's, about I know, thank you Dave's like, the last time I say anything. Dave's like, let me, let me, Dave's like, let me tie this into. Tommy's laying that one out there. I got, I mean, that's like, like, that's that's the biggest friggin' meatball I've ever seen. And I'm left-handed, no less. So there's a short porch in Yankee Stadium. I'm (laughs) taking. Um, So no, I just say that, yeah, Trump is using these, I think, um, to his advantage, right? He's using them in a way to, 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 to fundraise off of and to keep awareness and, and to highlight just how ridiculous it all is. And, and the Democrats are making themselves look even worse every day. And Merrick, you know, every day that goes by, Merrick Garland just like adds more to the column of why he needs to be impeached immediately and removed from, from office. But, you know, not in the world we live in today. So that's what I think. So, you know, Dave, now you can be as racist and, and horrible as you want. Yeah, Dave, tell us about uh, fucking skull uh, sizes. You racist, <laughs> Tommy. Instead of indictments, I'd like to talk See, about Fred. Jim, you've always gotten the bat. You've always got the, the got the brunt end of this in the past, you know. But you know your squirrels. You know, squirrels. Please, you have to go after Dave. Like it's this is. But do you think that's what? It, do you think? Do you think that that's how Trump's trying to play this as just like super underdog? Like, do you think that's what he's trying to trying to play this as? Oh, for sure, uh, and you know. Uh, the whole thing really, I think, works to his advantage, and uh, these are very bad cases. He could easily get convicted on very bad cases, but I think that at some point on appeal, he's going to be unconvicted, and uh, uh, I think he'll get a very short route to the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, I may be putting too much faith in the Supreme Court, but... Uh, yeah, and there are a whole other bunch of other things that could happen too. You know, uh, one is that uh, a conviction, or you know, him being mistreated on conviction, could really provoke some serious uh, uh, public civil disorder. And uh, I wonder how uh, you know the Biden administration or whoever's whoever's in the White House at that point, because I don't think it's going to be Joe Biden, is going to handle that. Uh, the whole thing's going to just go down very, very badly uh, if they really, really do anything bad to him. But uh, personally, I think uh, Bobby Kennedy would be a better president at this point. You know, I I, I think that I, I would like to see uh, Trump... Um, 
get vengeance against the the blob that has persecuted him so unfairly and so badly and such bad faith but uh he's gonna con you know no no matter what he's gonna continue to provoke craziness in the usa and i think that the the time will come when we just can't take uh any more lunacy of course by the time that happens we're going to be in terrible financial uh straits well we already are but i mean it's going to be much more manifest and uh, people are going to have other things to worry about i'm sorry i'm kind of adding too many layers to this right now i don't care what do you think dave um well i saw a funny one this morning where they they subpoenaed social media to get trump's information and they did it without <laughs> without telling Trump, which sounded kind of sketchy to me, right? So he didn't know about the subpoena and stuff like that. Um, and their argument was that he would change his behavior. And I'm going, are you truly trying to tell me that something can change that man's behavior? No, nothing can. Because <laughs> there's, there's not a shred of evidence that anything could change his behavior, right? They use the fiction that he was a flight risk. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's that, that's just complete horseshit. Like you don't think he could hide out. The, and they had to have done this through the FISA courts. <laughs> he could hide. He yeah, they go. probably found out that he bought a couple of tickets to Montevideo, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's not hiding it. They'll never find him there. You know, yeah. he'll just he'll move yeah. in with Hitler. Yeah, the fucking with... flight risk of a giant plane that literally says Trump says on the Trump. side of it. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You can see it from space, yeah. right? And um, with a big orange guy getting out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah orange <laughs> Jesus getting out. Yeah, I don't know. My, my theory is he's gotten much better. He has weaponized his narcissism as the way. That's a good, uh, that's the way that I yeah, like no, think that's about good. I think his weapon, I think his narcissism was the shallow bullshit of wanting to just be on TV all the time. And I think he converted it to... If I'm going to be the greatest of all time, which is well within his narcissistic dotted line, mm -hmm. I have to be do things great. So I think he actually has channeled his inner narcissist, inner, inner, inner narcissist. outer, <laughs> outer There's narcissist. There's an for Yeah, um, that's right. Is there a mid-level narcissism? <laughs> well, there is. I actually read a book on narcissism, and they said Trump was not the worst. They said LBJ was. Um yeah. But 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 I think he's realized that he's got to be a great president. Yeah. And so I think he's now trying to be a narcissist through achievement. He's up to his game. He's up to his game. Yeah, it's no longer about putting Trump logos on planes and stuff like that. It's a much better. It's a much yeah. more. He wants to be a great president and, and he's smart enough to know things he might have to do to achieve that. I'm really wondering how much of a dumb bunny this guy, Jack Smith, actually is. Because, you know, these cases are so poorly constructed. And uh, he, horrible. Just, he just horrible. seems to be he just seems to be a dope. And he seems, you know, and Trump seems to be perfectly set up to play rope a dope at the highest political level of of the game. And, uh, you know, it, it, that could end up being really ugly for his opponents. But that's like that's like saying that uh, this press secretary, Karen, what's her name, is a Jean dummy too. Jean Pierre. Um, I don't think she has a hand that anybody could play. 
right? Yeah. So I, I don't think, I, I, when I look at her, I don't see a stupid person. I yeah, see I a person either. who's asked to defend the indefensible. Yeah. And so, so I think in some ways this Smith guy is being told what to do. And they probably have sexual blackmail on his ass. And so they, they're, he, he has to oh, do dear. it. He's taking one for the team. Yeah, exactly. These people are these people all play roles, right? They don't. There's no. None of them are are are, are free actors here. It's like it's like right. arguing we have free markets. Like they're all here. I have to get up, their... but I'm not choking the chicken or doing anything like that. I'm just getting about. Oh, you're going to so. go drink some ginger ale. I had to shoot the rooster this week. <laughs> That's a private joke. That that uh, so no, I, I but honestly, I, I think that you know I, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago when when J, when RFK Jr. went to um uh to speak in front of Congress and to be to be censored on a pan, on a congressional panel about government censorship, right? And when Debbie Wasserman Schultz played her part and everybody else played their parts in order to state the things that needed to be stated so that they could write the headlines they wanted to write and get the sound bites. So this is all staged. This is like, yeah. you know, it, it's all about setting up the right shot, making sure that you get the right sound bite on, on, you know, filmed on C-SPAN so that they can then send it to CNN and do the whole. That's all this is about. It's all stage managed. It's all artifice all the time. And once you realize that that's the game and that they never, that that's the only game they have, then it's really easy to see through it, and it's really obvious what we're seeing. And Trump is actually, and that's why I think it goes. You go back to the the argument that Trump is just using this, as Dave would put it, weaponizing his narcissism, um, to uh, you know to make to make as much hay out of this as possible. But to, to Jim's other point, what Jim said earlier is that I also think that we need to be post-Trump. I love the fact that he's still out there, like you know, acting like a acting like Trump. And because who else are you going to have on the on, on the Republican ticket? Ron DeSantis is clearly not ready for prime time. None of the other none of the other decent people in the GOP are there. So Trump is the only one sticking a finger at the G, in in the eye of the GOP establishment. Who, and so, and he while and and the longer he stays in the game, the more he drives the factions within the DNC, which are clearly becoming obvious to everybody now. Right. Oh, do you the think Obama, so? I, the I like Obama the, Clinton wars. I was going to ask like that. Do you think the left? That. Do you think the left sees it? Um, no, I don't think they see it yet, but we all see it, right? The, I'd the, like to hear what you mean by that. Oh, I, yeah, I don't the, see the the factions uh, forming, but I but I'd like to hear what you have to say about it. Well, I mean, I, let's 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 think about this. It's clear that everybody wants to get rid of Joe Biden. Everybody ha at this point has reasons to get rid of Joe Biden, right? So. If you're the if you're Obama, you got to get rid of him because he's a he's a laughing stock, and he has to go away so that they can try and replace him with Gavin Grusom to run him in his place. But then, how do you get rid of how do you get around Kamala Harris? Um, and so the Obama wing and the Clinton wing have never liked each other. Jim, going all the way back to 2008, sure. when Hillary was asked to stand aside, right, uh, and allow Obama to run, and then when clearly it was her turn, and then. They then they had to in order to pay Hillary back in 2016, they had to tell Biden to step aside even when clearly remember Obama was president for eight years, but he wasn't in charge of the DNC. Hillary was. She controlled the money. She controlled the superdelegates. She controlled everything. So then when so Obama, who should have been as president, should have been the top of the, the, the Democratic Party, never was. Hillary was so that Hillary then runs in 2016 and Biden, who should have been the heir apparent 
to the Democratic Party, wasn't, was asked to step aside and not run so that Hillary could run. And then when Hillary lost to Trump, then the Obama wing of the party was ascendant. Obama's been in, in charge of the Democrats ever since. Biden was re, re, was reinstalled as the, the third term of Obama, or in some ways you can even argue the fourth term of Obama, because Obama's shadow government was running a lot of the deep state shit out of this townhouse on in, in D.C. with um, Valerie Jarrett and um, Susan Rice and the rest of them. So that but that fight, I think, is now on again. Obama has an issue. Obama has a problem, and that is that the many problems. Yeah, I know. That's that's right. That's right. There's liberals in academia too. Um, (laughs) Obama has scandals that could get dragged into the open because of Biden scandals. That's that's one. Obama's got to find a way to get Biden off the stage now because of because they there are scandals that connect the two together way too way too incestuously which ones Um, are you talking about i think there's all sorts of payouts that if you read if if anyone read whitney webb's two books i read the first half of the first one it turns out the first one here's here's what her logic was she wanted to do a comp i'd call it the encyclopedia of graft and corruption that's what i would call it the first book she laid out goes right back to the beginning and talks about all the evildoers right the second one's way more interesting because the players are people we know. So all of a sudden you start hearing about John Tower and Bush and Clinton and these guys. So it's a yeah, way more Yeah, the first one is all these gangsters never heard in the 1920s, you know? And CEOs of companies you didn't know exist and things like yeah. that. It's very, very, you could read this. I'm, I'm warning people. If you want to read her books, just read the second book. You don't need the first book. The reason she did it, I just saw this the other day on a podcast, makes sense. She says, if you talk about how bad the evildoers are, the CIA, the gangsters, all these things, and all the corruption and the interconnectedness, in the 50s, everyone says, oh, yeah. And then you say the 60s, they go, oh, yeah. And then you say the 70s, they're going, ah, okay. And you get to the 80s and 90s, they go, oh, no, I don't know if I buy that. So as you get more and more familiar, all of a sudden the Overton window starts closing hmm. on the listener. And so she did it that way to make hmm. sure that she showed like a foundation of corruption, which is turns out to be the four cornerstones are basically four mobs. Mm-hmm. And, and so the CIA was not was not corrupted by the mob. The CIA was built with the mob. The, mm-hmm. the original CIA was all mobs. And I'm convinced now that everything is just organized crime. Just absolutely everything is truly organized crime. And when you see someone get whacked, either metaphorically or literally, it's just one mob whack the other mob. It's just classic Sicilian family-like thinking, except now it's people we don't think of as mobsters unless you wrap your brain around that idea. Oh, I've I don't always, think, the, I've always considered the Clintons mobsters, and I've always considered um, Obama a mobster. But I, but think, I think they're, they're all mobsters. I, didn't think, I, I, I think they all work for different people. That's the thing. For example, I, I think the four banks that collapsed are basically CIA fronts that wrapped up. Yeah. Do you think I, that Obama... Yellen was the whacked, person who, who blew them up, who, who created them. When she do you was think that Obama yeah. whacked his cook, his chef? Something went on. Yeah, what was I, that? I don't know if he whacked them or it just... Or it was a Chappaquiddick moment or something. I don't know which, but something. I have a theory on this. Go for it. it. I think they tried to whack Obama. I think that guy was Obama's gay lover. 
and I think he get, I think he he uh, Obama was found with knuckle. You know, I think they tried to whack Obama. I think that's how deep this thing. I, I'm I, I don't have this is pure instinct here. But I, I was playing this. I was like, it's possible that Obama was the target, and this guy died. Guy, the and this guy stayed, and this, right, and this guy, and this guy, you know. It's just a racist hit. It's just a racist hit. I think somebody might have tried to whack Obama. Like, look, the Clintons are, uh, when when Hillary lost, she got thrown, and for all intents and purposes, she got thrown out of Ayatollah Nicole Davos, right? She got thrown out. She lost. It's like, so you, you lose, like, you, you get thrown out, right? They lost all their money. They lost all their funding. You know, it's the same thing. Um, but Hillary's always been more of a neoconservative. Always more more aligned with the neoconservatives than the European neoliberals. If you want to use, and I hate to use the term neoliberal because it may be misinterpreted, but just in the end of the day, the Goldwater gal. Yeah, well, yeah, and she's a Goldwater gal, like you know. Okay, I'm an Obama, right? A neocon, right? But she's a she's a neoconservative of the Bill Crystal Weekly Standard, um, you know, going back to. Um, the Irving Crystal and all those guys, right? And Bill Buckley and all that. So she's, but she's also really at the end of the day, just an Arkansas grifter that aligns herself with whoever's got, you know, so she's got herself, she gets kicked out of one group. She's, she's been, always been fronting though for the, for the neocons. And so that's more the Anglosphere, the UK, US, UK neoconservatives versus the European colonial, old European colonialist powers. Those two are clearly at war and Obama has always represented those people. Now, when they were all winning, they were all on the same team. But they clearly haven't been winning since 2016. And the only thing they actually agree on at this point is Trump. We have everybody. Everybody agrees on Trump as the well because he's going to prosecute them all. No, but I mean, you couldn't find a Republican you'd bet your life on supports Trump. You can find Republicans who have tied themselves to the MAGA wagon. Yeah, but that's just a calculated move see i think this all ties into my arguments about I, i've been thinking about this really seriously and i think we, we may have talked about it in previous casts i can't rem- i do so many of these i can never remember where i talk about all this stuff but you remember how i think i might have mentioned to you guys in the past about the idea of of having both monetary and political control over over a country right that you have to in order to really control a country you have to have both control of its political system and its central bank or its monetary system now when trump was elected they lost control of both when Yellen, when Obama was in charge and Yellen and Bernanke were running the Fed, they had a compliant Fed that was going along with all this globalist bullshit. And then Trump was put in power. Trump won. They couldn't they couldn't figure out a way to steal the election from him. And then Trump puts Powell in charge of the Fed. Right. Starts the process towards SOFR away from moves us away from a LIBOR and then and all that. And everything that Powell has done as Federal Reserve Chairman, other than the COVID um, interregnum, has been to try and wrest control of U.S. monetary policy from the the globalists. And I, 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 you know, I'm sorry. After two and a half years of me chronicling this, it's really hard for me to argue anybody to argue against me at this point. When you think of it that way, they have political control over the United States, but they don't have monetary control over it. They've got monetary and political control over Europe. Right. But they don't have it here. So now a restoration of Trump would be to lose political power over the United States. The same thing, I believe, with RFK Jr. 
which is why I find RFK Jr. As of right now, I'm not convinced, but I'm 75% in RFK Jr.'s, um, um, uh, you know, I don't know, pocket, whatever Corner. you want. Corner. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. So when you when you process it like that, this is why they're all freaking out. The problem now is the DNC, in order to have an electoral strategy for next fall, well, what are they doing? Like, Biden is clearly unacceptable to everybody. He screwed everything up. He screwed up <laughs> Ukraine. He's he's 80 years old. He can't, like, he's got dementia and all the rest of it. And the knives have come out in a way against a Biden that's been, that is predictable at this point in the process. Because in order to get rid of him, we have to, like, figure it out. So there's going to be all sorts of negotiations between the, the, the GOP and the DNC as to how they're going to run a fake can, uh, a fake pair of candidates against each other. And they don't want any they don't want any um, slip ups here. It has to be Chris Christie or or Nimrata, the, the big, Waffle, big the Mike, House big, waitress versus, big Mike, big yeah, Mike, big Mike, right, whomever versus Big Mike or Gavin Grusom. So and the, the free agent here is Kamala Harris, by the way. But when you think of it in those terms, OK, that don't make sense. Now, who's in charge of the DNC, the Clinton wing or the Obama wing? The Obama wing's clearly been in charge for the last eight years since Hillary lost or seven years, six, seven years. But Hillary's making a comeback. And if they it, and the neocons are hopping big mad about what do you mean she's making wait a minute what, what's her comeback what's the evidence of her comeback they they want they desperately want to have control over they want to go to war they want the war in ukraine to not end and they want to they want to they want political control over the white house in order to absolutely get their world war three which they've been they've been like absolutely that's they've been singularly focused on for ever in a day remember newland is a progeny is a you know newland is the pro the um um the, the progeny of uh, the protege of Madeleine Albright, Madeleine Albright and Hillary Clinton, they're all part of that same wing of American politics. So as far as I'm concerned, it's this is about whether or not Europe can extricate themselves from the Ukraine conflict because they can't afford to fight that. They can't afford to fight it anymore. And the neocons desperately, and the, that includes the Brits, that includes the Poles. Right? I'm sitting here literally looking at my Twitter feed of stuff about Poland and Ukraine wanting to create, you know, a, a union state on the western in the western half of the country for Christ's sake. This is all being driven by the British, British neoconservative uh, the the British wing of the neoconservatives. So when you stop the the, the faction the, that's the factions within the DNC. It's the Clinton wing representing the old um uh, American uh, uh, British neocons versus the European colonialists that Obama represents. So well, it makes perfect sense to me that they would have gone after Obama here. If they feel Hillary's really, really flying really off the radar screen. Don't What's you that? think? Don't you think? Hillary, that's, that's what I was, what no, I was she's been, that. she's been out. She's been out there doing the proof of life tour recently. I've seen her multiple times in the, the last tour. Proof of life. And she's not she's dead. She's not dead. She's holding a newspaper. She's always on a proof of life tour. This one, she shows up about every eighteen. Holding a newspaper with August eighth on it, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I sorry to that... hog the microphone on this, but I really do think that that this is the, the stuff that's been going through my head for the last couple of days as we've watched a lot of this 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 stuff come out because we haven't seen uh, infighting within the DNC for the last couple of years, and now all of a sudden there is because someone wants to have the presidential candidate and be have it be their presidential candidate. So now the question is, is who is that? Who is, is that? Is there person? anybody besides Gavin Newsom? 
I don't see anybody out he's there. He's so disgusting. And he's, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> horrible. All I teeth and I, hair. I don't know who they've got. That's what I well, wait a minute. In a world of, of having a puppet, right? They were happy right. to have Biden demented, molesting, hair sniffing, you know, everything bad Biden. And they seemed okay with that. Why wouldn't yeah. they just say, well, let's just put Kamala in there because she's completely ownable too. Is she? But who's, who owns Kamala Harris? They don't like her. No one likes her. They've already sidelined her multiple but times. She, she seems her, so... She's also ridiculous. She has no credibility in the world stage. Biden you know. does? Well, Biden, but they're stuck with him for now, of course. Well, yeah, that was just the thing. Well, I, think they seem no I think that was a feature, not a bug, Jim. Huh? I think that's a that's feature. That's my point. Bug. Why not just right. bring in Kamala for, you know, pathetically brain dead president 2.0? How about this one? What if there's a third faction here? You have the Biden, you have the Obama wing, you have the Clinton wing of the DNC, and then you have the people who are like, you know what? We need to get, we need to stop the clown show. Maybe that's Kennedy. And. What if Kamala Harris is looking around going, okay, who's going to pay me the most? If she's well, the, got game at all, this one, she's making, she's, she's belling it up to the ones who are actually, you know, pulling the strings here financially to try and right the ship. I'm, that means like, in my mind, that's the Powell wing of the American oligarchy, right? Who are trying to reestablish, research some amount of sovereignty here. What if Kamala Harris is looking around the table going, yeah, I can throw in with these people, and all I have to do is refuse to resign when they go after Joe Biden. Okay, Tom, here's my question. She, she, um, she refuses to be Spiro Agnew, that's what I'm getting at. Is this normal, but it's playing out in the nouveau digital world, or is this end of empire or shit going down? Ooh, good question. Yeah. Um, I'd say I don't end know. of empire. I think I think I think it really like, I, I really think it is. Jim, can you, you, you answer that question. I want to hear what you have to say first, because I don't really have a good answer yet. Well, because, you know, behind this, there's a serious collapse of Western Civ going on and the, especially the business model for Western Civ, which uh, people tend to not pay attention to because the politics are so colorful. Mm -hmm. The politics well, are so weird. You know, yeah, well, they're, so, so they're they want to put up they want to put up a, a black cloud to block the sun, then make us all get our energy from solar panels. Right. Meanwhile, given that that will be problematic, to say the least, then they now want to outlaw all gas generators. <laughs> and I'm going, holy shit. I mean, why don't you just I don't know what to say. Why don't to you that just tell us shit. that you want to kill us all? Right. <laughs> Right. I got a question for you, Tom, though. Sure. Um, if, if you're saying that there's a possibility of a third faction in the Democratic Party who would align with uh, Bobby Kennedy, the trouble with that idea is that I, did you know, you say that? Did you say that? I'm not really I'm not really sure I said that, Jim. Okay. I think that there's well, a you third did say I something it. like it. I said it. I said it. OK, OK. Fair well, let, me, let me finish the thought. Sure. I don't see any I don't see anybody in the Democratic Party making a single move the slightest right. move to support Bobby Kennedy at this point. Now, it may be that they're all afraid to be the first guy, you know. And you remember when Trump ran, Kennedy got grief for letting him on his show. That's yes. how toxic Trump, Trump was. Mm -hmm. And Hannity yep. said, look, I'm just giving him a voice, right? That phase we will have to get through if if, if this is how it's playing out is that Kennedy will have to start clicking within the mainstream. 
He's playing but I'll tell really you well. He's he brilliant. Is playing the other thing that he's very good at is he, he has convinced me that he's a very fast learner. Yes. So he takes topics that I, he can't, you know, he's been so busy his whole life, right? He really has been busy. And all of a sudden some new topic shows up in his radar within about a week or two. He seems to have a pretty good grip on it. Mm -hmm. and, and, he, and he changes his tune and you go, well, that's a politician. No, that's a guy who's been learning at the speed of science, as they like to say, right? Yeah, no, I I agree, guys, and I I don't know that there's anybody backing Bob in the within the oligarchy backing Bobby Kennedy. What I'm saying is that there's a sovereignist faction clearly trying to Silicon, keep us out of the white Silicon uh, Valley. Uh, Silicon Valley showing real interesting signs of backing him. Yes, yeah, I think. Well, I think okay, that's, that's right. fine. What I'm what I'm interested in is what the DOD is doing. Like the DOD is is clearly slow walking any kind of real support to for, that for a wider Silicon conflict Valley. in Ukraine. Have we noticed how the how the US military did not follow Victoria Nuland to Niger? And now the French are having to pull out all across North Africa. Did, did anybody not notice this? Because I did. I even I did. said this the other day. So the article I published on Monday was a crib of a, an article I wrote for my patrons the week before. And I literally said that the, that line about, if you watch the American military in the, the station in North Africa stand around and pick their nose while the French get kicked out, that's your tell. <laughs> We're happy to watch the old colonial European colonial system, which is built on the backs of effectively sub-Saharan slavery through colonial the colonial CFA Frank, this frog marched into oblivion. That's what's happening. And financially, that's the big gig. And I'm telling you, this is the this is absolutely the biggest tell that this shit is changing rapidly. And what the old Europeans are trying desperately to do is run the clock out and try and figure out a way to 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 to, to keep it all afloat. And they, so they delay, they throw another indictment in front of Trump, they do this other stupid thing, they do this other dumb thing, they, they throw this stuff out there, chum, to try and see if they can run as much of the clock out as possible and and try and win. And they're and the way I've been started to describe this as they're just a dog that refuses to submit, right? If you've ever dealt with a badly behaved dog that's never had any controls put on, or even a child, and eventually you just have to like put your hand on their chest and go, that's enough. And they keep wriggling and they keep fighting you and they keep fighting you and they keep fighting you. That's Victoria Nuala. That's Hillary Clinton. That's Klaus Schwab. That's George Soros. That's all of these fucking people. That's the King of England. These are all old entrenched powers that keep saying, no, but I'm in charge. Do you feel like you're in charge? I'm Bane now. Do you feel like you're, you're in powerful? charge? You know, do you feel like you're in charge? Right? That's that moment. This is where this is what's happening now. And hey, Tom, we're get to that Bane moment, I think, very, very soon. Two questions about that. Sure. Um, one is, uh, according to this uh, idea that you just put uh, across about the, the Army, the DOD, really, and the U.S. military, uh, if they if they are dropping their allegiance to Victoria Newland and the forces around her, behind her, then where does their allegiance move to? And two, um, we we've gotten the impression over the last 
you know, three years that the uh, Department of Defense is not very smart. So uh, what are those, how do those two things add up and fit in? Well, the China. Thing is, like, you think, think, of it, think of it this way. Let's, let's, let's remember one thing. Obama replaced all of the, um, the American first generals with all the political hacks that we have currently. He did that during his administration. Okay, so the top of the military brass, just like every other top of every other major political, a major state organization, police departments, fire department, all of those guys are always political actors. Guys, I'm watching The Wire for the first time in my life, and I'm watching. I don't know if you guys remember all the politics in The Wire. It's very in the, the the police department and that show. It's clearly what's going on. It's it's a model for what the same thing that's going on in the DOD. That you have the politicized generals and the Joint Chiefs and everything else, but then you have the rest of the military going, yeah, but we're not gonna we're not doing that anymore. And they can and they can just say, look, you know, we're not we're not, you know, we can't get those we can't get those bombs or those tanks over to Ukraine on time because we can't do this. And they just like everything else, if you don't want to do something, eventually you just don't do it. And the best way to beat the plans of people who have top down control is to just, you know slow your slow your roll right that's it's what you call when you're, when you're when you're married that's called passive aggressive yeah it's very passive aggressive okay and so you can just sit out sit, sit back and yeah i'll get to that on friday oh this thing came on my desk yeah and that piece of paper sits on some clerk's desk for two weeks and then never gets shuffled right so I, you know there's a lot of that going on in within the bureaucracy and there's a lot of and, and there's and it's not a simplistic thing. There's there there are aspects of our bureaucracy that are absolutely just passing the papers along and doing the thing, and it's all Terry Gilliam Brazil like, um, you know, bureaucracy gone gone wild. And other parts of it is just saying, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. So it's not that the DoD is a monolith. Is that there's a, again once things start to break down, factions start to start to start to exist within all of these organizations and everybody starts fighting amongst themselves and then you start going okay well who's got the upper hand and that's really hard to map guys and so Do you think dod is is turning against the ukraine project i think they have i think they've been against i think the real men within that's that 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 run military policy that run the military the full bird colonels and the rest of it, i don't think they've ever been on board with this thing i think they've done it out of allegiance to the, to the chain of command are they and, what's the, but now that it's but now that there's clearly we're look at what's happening with the europeans they are clearly trying to figure out a way to not fight this war anymore and the and the and the who is the most who's the angriest of the angry post vilnius the brits as always but who also lost his job when biden of all people said he wasn't going to be wasn't going to replace stoltenberg as as, as general secretary it's Ben Wallace, Britain, Britain's defense secretary. He not only lost that job, but is also losing his job as a Tory council or a, a MP. Like he's done. His political career is over. Just like the other arch neocon, Liz Truss, was ousted as prime minister and her career was over like that. Does that mean but, the UK and, is no longer supporting the Ukraine war? No, what it means is, is that they're, they're, they keep, they're the rabid dog that refuses to stop. Uh So they keep doing backdoors around NATO by, by they're doing backdoors around NATO's, you know, saying no, because the American military is saying no. And so they're, what they're trying to do, of course, is they're setting up, they've got backdoor allegiances with the Poles and the Baltics, 
to, to they're writing they've been working a, tr a, tr a literal treaty between Poland, the Brits, and Ukraine, which would make them. And again, this is like this 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 union state idea. They they're trying to push this forward so that they can backdoor an Article Five thing. I'm not sure that it's going to work, but it's like they'll never stop doing it because they have to keep figuring out ways to get around it. It's no different than Jack Smith trying to come up with a way, another way to yeah. to weaponize the legal code to get to. Well, they'd Donald have to Trump. get past the yeah, Germans right for one thing. What's that? They'd have to get past the Germans. Yeah, yeah. I, but the German Greens are the German Greens are part of this are part of this axis. The rest of the German political and industrial establishment are not. But the German Greens have always been a U, have always been a U.S. Um, UK um, neoconservative organization. Always have been. So Annalena Baerbock, Robert Habeck, those guys, they're all the German Greens are literally might as well be a wholly owned subsidiary of MI6 and the CIA. But the rest of the German political establishment is not. Well, it's very the easy. CDU, to see. the SPD, the industrials—they don't—they don't want any of this shit. But it's the Greens own the German imagine, political system right now. It's very easy to imagine many European governments being thrown out of office in the, you know, in the year ahead. Agreed, agreed completely. So whatever it's it is, it's easy to imagine that, NATO being gone. Right? Well, it's easy yes, to it imagine I think NATO. I think Vilnius was the end of NATO as a—it was, was the biggest sign that NATO is no longer an alliance fit for purpose. Uh -huh. right. I think it's just I think it's all I think it's all on the downhill. I mean, when Hungary is able to when Hungary par parliament says no to Finland and Sweden's accession into NATO and the Americans lose their minds and the Brits lose their minds. But the EU doesn't further sanction Hungary. When they wait, when when Ursula von der Leyen wakes up in the morning and says, how can I fuck the Hungarians harder today? <laughs> that's like the first words. That's like the first thought that comes into that bitch's head. And she didn't give she didn't give the Hungarians grief over NATO, over Finland and Sweden not going into NATO. That's a huge fucking tell, an unbelievable fucking tell that that shit that that order came on down from on high that we can't afford this. And if we do this, if we continue to support this, we're going to be cut out of the global financial system that emerges after this period of history is over. That's another. I mean, that's another 90 minute rant for me, to be honest with you. But that's where this is where my head is, guys. I don't know where, where, where you guys are, but that's where my head's been trying to figure out how this maps. So, well, I, I've been paying more attention to uh, Russia, really. And uh, it seems to me that despite the fact that no one in the United States notices this, hmm. that they the won. Russians, the Russians they are won. moving. Hmm? They won. Yeah. The Russians are moving very methodically and systematically to consolidate their control over Ukraine. You know, yeah. I think that their their original intent not to turn it into a basket case failed state has had to be put aside. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. they have had yes. to, you know, damage it quite a bit more than they wanted to originally. Agreed. But, you know, I think that their, their motive is very clear. They want to turn this region back into their own sphere of influence and make sure that it doesn't cause any more mischief in that part of the world. It's as simple as that. And, uh, you know, and the Americans uh, are being exposed every day as agents, uh, as chaos agents in, you know, in, in, in that part of the world and, and using that, using Ukraine as its uh, proxy chaos agent. And uh, very few people see any, you know, very few countries and international people see any point to that anymore. The one it's thing I was currently idiotic. I, 
I, I, for the most part, agree with you, Jim. And don't get me wrong. I just want everybody to remember that for for a lot of the tops of our organizations are really are really we know the term regulatory capture. Well, this political capture as well. And the the tops of a lot of organizations are, are three letter organizations really are not. And this is you know, this is shit that Whitney Webb is talking about, right? To invoke what um, Dave was talking about earlier. Like it, it is my friend Alex Craner likes to say it this way. All roads lead to London. dude. Don't ever, ever underestimate the perfidiousness of Albion. <laughs> Never, ever, ever underestimate these people. They have tremendous amount of pull. They have a tremendous amount of infiltration everywhere. They so much. And, and I'm not saying that we're that we as Americans and that aspects of our American system are not terminally freaking corrupt and absolutely on board with this. Of course we are. But it's a this is a symbiotic relationship of suck, for lack of a better term. Like this is this has always been their policy. You know, I don't know if you I don't know if you guys had a chance to listen to the two and a half hour podcast I did with Richard Poe. Holy yeah. shit, dude. I learned so freaking much about just how deeply this shit goes back 300 years. And how do you spell his name? P.O.E. Richard P.O.E. Richard Poe. So I don't know. Episode 148, 147 of the podcast. You, it, It's it's a recent one. A couple months ago. We did mm-hmm. two and a half hours. He and I go and I just let him go through um you know, a lot of his research on just how deeply embedded the whole, all these ideas about globalism, one world government, all this stuff goes 300 years back to the Brits. This is all them. And, you know, I, I it's not, sing, it's, it's not, you know, single vector. It's everywhere, all across the old European colonial powers. But when you stop to really look at why is everybody talking about de-dollarization now? Why is everybody talking about the United States needs to be broken up? These are all fucking ideas put into our heads <laughs> by outside freaking factors. We, we can fix this shit here in the U.S. Yeah, we're clown world, but we've been manipulated into clown world. It's a feature, not a bug. I mean, like, it's crazy. But we all, like, shit, when I was talking about de-dollarization 10 years ago, everybody looked at me like I had four heads. Today, everybody's like, what do you think about de-dollarization, dude? I'm like, the same thing I thought about it 10 years ago. It's going to happen <laughs> eventually, but it's not like it's happening today. I've got a pod, the podcast. I've got a, I've got a, when I get done with this, I've got to publish a podcast I did with Brent Johnson, uh, Santiago, Sa- Santiago Capital. And we, he and I just sat there and we talked about how like the dollar is still too strong for anybody to, to really uh, assail in the next, you know, X number of years. It'll come. The de-dollarization is going to happen, but it's going to happen, you know, on, it's going to happen as a function of, you know, time. Okay. And it's going to happen as a function of, then whose interest is it for the world to de-dollarize? Really? Does Asia really want to de-dollarize? Well, are they being forced into it by ruinous U.S. policy? Which, it doesn't serve the United States' interest at all. Well, so there's who's all, the architect of this fucking policy? There's, there's it's always chatter. Europe, dude. It's always fucking Europe. Every time I come back to this, it comes back to the only ones who has no collateral. Who has no commodity collateral to back their currency and to back their debt? The Europeans. The Japanese. Well, no one expects the Japanese to take over the world. But everybody's worried about the World Economic Forum and the Euro- European Union. How? How are they going to get the collateral? 
I'm more worried about the world economic uh, uh, forum wrecking Western Civ. No, I'm not worried at all about them taking over the world. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing, Jim. That's their that's their fallback plan. Their uh, their argument is that if we their 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 mechanism is let's destroy Western civilization and then build it back better out of the ashes on a new on a new paradigm. And what's that new paradigm? No oil, no hydrocarbons. Yeah. Why? In, because Trump insane. doesn't fucking produce any. That's why. Yeah, they're insane. Yeah, they also you know people like uh, uh, you know Yuval Noah Harari think that they're going to run their computer based transhuman program on on a janky electric grid that that's probably not going to be working very well in the next 10 years I, you know, I, the, no and nobody pays any attention to that i i dude why do you think francis why do you think this is so important I'm t- again i keep coming back to this france loses control of niger they lose control of getting uranium at what 11 dollars a pound they lose getting control of gold at what 800 dollars an ounce which they pay, which they get, and they get to extract all the mineral wealth. Now it's not just Niger; it's the whole CFA franc zone, the entirety of France's in, uh, like economic structure, pricing system, is built on the extraction of commodities from <laughs> Sub-Saharan Africa at pennies on the dollar. So, is France really a double A rated country, or are their bonds junk? When you stop, when they if they lose, if they lose that. Yeah, it's a very good point. I, I don't understand, though, about uh, what uh, the United Kingdom's uh, collateral is or what their power is uh, in the game board, because the, they're they're really not much of a country anymore, except for the the city of London. The, except for the fact that the crown still owns twenty five percent of the world world's landmass. They own Canada. They own they own Australia. They yeah, own. But do they really? I don't. I don't think they really they, do. They get paid. They get paid. Like it's crown land. These countries pay taxes directly to the British crown. What in rents? Basically in rents. Yeah, and and in, and, in control, and in control of over their political system. Well, that could stop the, any the British pound Canada, still settles Australia, New Zealand wanted to. How about this? The British pound. The, the British pound. Why does anybody care about the British pound? Beats me. Thirty percent. Thirty percent of the world's financial transactions are still settled in British pounds through the City of London. Uh-huh. That's well, why. Thirty percent of the world's financial transactions, not not settling trade, settling the financial transactions, still run through City of London. I saw that uh, that number the other day. I about I, I about shit my pants. I'm like, oh, that's why the Brits still matter. Because they have, you know, they have no industry anymore, and they, you know, they have this fractious nation of, uh, and they know. have a network of spies, and they have a network of agents and spies in every, you know, dude. Seriously, like when you watch Quantum of Solace, and Mister White says the the second Daniel Craig James Bond movie, and he says, "We have people everywhere." He wasn't like talking <laughs> about he wasn't talking about quantum. He was talking about <laughs> like seriously. I just have a hard time seeing them really exercise that much influence in the world. They, they do. They, they well, then, then, then the, the other thing is, is that what I'm seeing now is I'm, I want to remind, I'm laying like the groundwork to remind everybody about this. But at the same time, Jim, we're, they're losing because we can see them now. Everybody sees what's going on. And now mm-hmm. it's the, this is their last gasp of running the same old playbooks of divide and rule and divide and conquer like they've always done. Okay. And it's not working this time. 
This is the good news. And this is why the system is now cracking in a way that we haven't seen in the past, where they thought they were going to run the same playbook that they've always run before. And it's not working because but I can oh, see the Ukraine thing. There's too many players at the table with too much power going. Yeah, you guys are cute. No, but you don't run us anymore. I can see the Ukraine thing coming to an end before the new year. And I think I when so. it, I think if and when so. that happens, it's that's going to completely reorder the European game board. I hope so, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. You know, I really don't. Because these countries that, are going to have to settle their hash with Russia. Yeah. And they're going to, you know, they're going to start really uh, uh, visibly rejecting uh, being bossed around by the U.S. I, I, it's, it's, they're, you've got it backwards. They keep trying to use the U.S. as the spear to do their bidding. We have oh, and we have been we've had we've had empire grafted onto our DNA by these people. Mm -hmm. The U.S. is never was never meant to be this way. I mean, that's the and this is the fundamentally when you stop to really think about what the U.S. is, the U.S. was the European or was founded by Europeans who didn't want to be European anymore. Right. Fair enough. I think fundament yeah. Fundamentally, I'm a second generation Italian. My family had left because we didn't want to be, you know, we, we fled the fasc fascism of Italy. As a country, as an ethos, as a as a mindset, America has always been the anti-Europe in that respect. So, but we're also a mishmash of old European colonial, you know, we, we inherited a lot of old, you know, European colonial ideas. And, and and culture and everything else and so it's all part of our our makeup and it's uh, and and so it's always easily exploited because well you know we have ties to the home world in all of these in the homeland and all of these you know, in, in all of our subcultures here in the united states right so it's not so it's 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 easy to see this the inroads into this but when you go back over and you really look at like how the Brits manipulated the South into seceding in order to start the Civil War. And then since, you know, the the, the I, I, when you see it this way, when you see the way they lied to get us involved in World War One, when you see all of these things, you're at the end of the day, you're like, every freaking time these people start a, a global conflict, they they run they run tail back to us and say, will you please sell, you please save us? And we've always gone and done it. And well, this, I, I may be missing some. And this time, we're, and this time we're saying we're kind of saying no. But what they they finally said is we have to like okay, if they, we're going to get the Americans to do this, we actually have to cut them in properly this time. And the Americans are finally like powerful enough to go. You know what? Never mind. No, that's we're not going this far. You're not. Taking well, I don't know, banks. Tom. It seems to me that it seems to me that it was the USA that started the whole Ukraine mess, and the Europeans have been reluctant to to jump in with both really? feet. From the start, that's really? what it seems to me. So why, so why are they the ones continuing to put sanctions packages on Russia every time they, you know, why is this? Why does Janet Yellen be the architect of Ursula von der Leyen's desire to get rid of to to remove precisely oil? Be, precisely because they're not a, they're not in charge of us the way I, you're I I, the way I'm you're so, saying. Sorry, Jim. I, I'm sorry. I, I think it's been symbiotic from the beginning. I've always I, I I've been seeing this this way for a long long time. I just can't buy. Well, I just, if that's I, the case, what, just refuse to believe all of this rampant. What's in it for them to, coming from European dominated media? I just can't buy what's it, it. What's in it for them to uh, sanction the, Russia or to go along with any sanctions? 
Because uh, what what do you think they want? The Brits well, have always identified that again, they're a country without collateral. You have to go I think out. The, I'm not talking about the Brits. I'm talking about the so, Europeans. And Europe now. Europe is out of Europe is out of energy. They used all their energy. Right. And they're I think that they want So you need to go Obviously they wanted to have right they wanted to run They want Russia's. They wanted to run on Russia's natural gas. No, they Why want did to they... own it. They don't want to run it on it. They don't want to run their empire on it. They never did. They've always wanted to own it. Like, why did they? Why did the European Union create the third um, energy package, which effectively made it impossible for Russia to build the South Stream pipeline and make any money, which forced Putin to cancel the pipeline? Why did the European Union write that package? I don't know. I know. Because well, again, so, as always, to, Europe yeah. wanted they wanted the same colonial um, terms of, of of service that they have with say sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, but they just made a mistake with Russia this time. Uh, they underestimated Russia's uh, situation. They, well, of course they did, but yeah, that, but that's they only made a because of the last ten years of of, of the the only because of the malfeasance that they were all in in cahoots on back in 2007 2008 all the way through syria and everything else like putin watched this happen and then you know they were trying why is syria why do we try to move into syria uh supposedly gas and oil right and who are they kind of cut out of the and who are they going to cut out of that who was the year was that for who was who's going to get cut out of the european gas market and the european oil markets well, the Russia. Americans wanted to control it, and, we, and and the Russians sort of succeeded in shoving us aside. The, they were trying to cut. They were trying to cut the Russians out of the European, the, the the European market. Why did they build the friggin' ridiculous Southern Transport Corridor all the way from the Caspian Sea to? They they spent fifty five billion dollars to run to run a pipeline that moves one fifth the size of one fifth the size of the Nord Stream of one of the Nord Stream pipelines for five times the freaking price to <clears throat> to bring it into Southern Europe. Why did they do that? They did that well, because they just spitefully wanted to get away from Russian oil and Russian and Russian gas. This this the, the plan has always been starve Russia of warm water ports, of being able to market their oil to the rest of the world and all the rest of it, because as far as the Brits are concerned, the Russians are the other great empire. Because the Russian Empire, Mackinder Heartland theory, all of that world island, he who controls the world island, controls the world thing. They have to control, desperately control Russia. It's it's this has always been this way. This has been going on for this fight's been going on for three hundred years. It's nothing new. And mm -hmm. you can get the United States to go along with that. Now the now the fun part is when the United States turns around and goes, Well, why should we do that? Why don't we just why don't we just sell you the oil? And now you got Macron over there screaming. Well, you're selling us the LNG from Chenier at twice the price we used to buy it from the Russians for. <laughs> like, why don't you give us? Why don't you give us the deal? And and they're like, don't you understand? We don't work for you anymore. You're not our allies anymore. Because you. Well, they, they were dumb us. not to. They were dumb not to foresee that. I mean, the whole thing just seems to be a, an amazing amount of uh, bad planning and and failure to really see what was going on. I, but. It, again, it all comes back to what happens if Powell stays at the zero bound. If Powell stays at the zero bound, all of this is, all the calculus and all the stuff that we just talked that, that we just talked about changes in Europe's favor, because now 
we're literally handing them the money they need to do the things that they want to do to keep control, to continue to keep control over our political system. What do you think those dollars do? They go out, they get levered up, and they come back here to buy our elections, to buy our DAs, to buy our, our court system, to to, 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 to to screw with our elections, to write to get our to get our politicians to write their policies into our law. Go look at half of the friggin' the environmental law that we write. It all started in Europe. It comes over here. It starts in Europe. It goes to California. California exports it to the rest of the country. Been going on for years, guys. This is nothing new. Like and European laws and the European Union edicts are ten times worse. But they have a plan, and that plan is well. They want a fully fully controlled full surveillance state. And you know, this is how yeah, we're but gonna they're going to have a fully, fully controlled surveillance neo medieval state. Well, yeah, they don't care about that. How Jim. great they're, is that? They eat steak and we get to eat bugs, they don't give a shit. And they and they honestly believe that the planet's on only sustainable with a billion people. They know their, they know their system doesn't work with well, eight, the, nine the people, people of those the nations in Europe are, are gonna, I think that they are going to express themselves and that and that we're going to find that they think differently than their leadership does. No argument. Like the yellow vests. The yellow no. vests. Dude, have you seen the polling in, for AFD in yeah. Germany? Going way up. And it's all and it's all because they did exactly what I told them to do five years ago. What, what, what was that? Anti immigration. By the way? Don't stop being the anti Merkel party. Stop being the for Germany party. Mm -hmm. that's, I, yeah. all, that's, all, that's all I said. That's all they have to do. They stop, they stop being the anti Merkel party and they professionalize their internals. And from when I, I've talked to people over in Europe about this, and then they, you know, it's, they, they've all told me the same thing. It's like, yeah, early on when they had early success, they were a very unprofessional organization, and it was easy, they were easily infiltrated. I'm just thinking to myself, in my experience with the Libertarian Party, I'm like, oh yeah, that tracks. <laughs> you think they're confident <laughs> no, now? I, I, that tracks for me, right? So you think I think they're, they're confident? Professional, I think they're a much more professional organization now than they were then. Are they? Are they confident now? Yes. I think they're confident. I think the way Alex, Alice Vidal is running that party right now, I think they I think they understand what it is that they need to do, which is they need to express the pride of being German without invoking the specter of Nazi Germany. Like, well, Klaus Schwab can do that for them. Yeah, well, you know, all he has to do is put on a Klingon outfit <laughs> and a banana hammock. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. So that's what I think is going on. I mean, it's really complicated. I just think this is like, this is classic complex system breakdown stuff. And we're just watching the factions splinter and vie for control and all the, you know, the way I used to put it is that like the, the wicked witch of the, de de the West is dead and all the flying monkeys are in charge. Yeah, hey, I think we've kind of covered the uh, the, the European uh, scene there. there there's something so, I, I want to get back to the uh, the indictment issue. And there's something I want to uh, drag into the arena here for you guys to chew on. Um, now, Jack Smith's uh, indictment in the Washington case seems appears to be mostly uh, based on prosecuting Trump for exercising his freedom of speech, for expressing doubts about the 2020 election and, and, and for saying that it was uh, uh, it was rigged. It was uh, it was fr full of fraud. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Now, that, that would uh, suggest to me that Mr. Trump's lawyers are going to go into the courtroom 
and they are indeed going to try to litigate the 2020 election, at least insofar as, you know, bringing some witnesses in who will testify to the irregularities that they saw and that they documented, right? And at that point, this uh, D.C. Judge Chutkin is liable to uh, disallow any of that to be introduced in evidence, okay? Now, wouldn't that be like instant grounds for a mistrial? If, in fact, they're prosecuting him for saying that the uh, election was was uh, uh, fraudulent and they don't allow him to demonstrate why he thought that. Well, I'm having trouble getting past the First Amendment part. Well, because... sure, but... But I'm sure. But, but I mean, it, it, it's, but, anyway. but it's an, it's insane. Now, the other one that's insane. Let me just throw this out there for hoots. He's got problems in Georgia, too. Yeah. And the claim is that he told his people to go find 11,000 votes, which sounds bad. What he actually did is find me 11,000 invalid votes, mm -hmm. which is totally rational. Yeah, sure. Because and he said, look, 11,000 of those votes. Yeah, way more than 11,000 is my yeah. guess. And and to the extent you find invalid votes, that's totally within all legal jurisdiction of Trump. And and so so the fact that they're actually charging him with sending people out to just find fake votes, uh, fake votes for him, um, is just total insanity. So then the question is, do you know who's really working for whom in this operation? So could could this be uh could this? So someone said I said unintentionally in a post on something like. Then they got, and someone said, really, you sure it's unintentional? What do you mean, who's working for whom exactly? Well, so so when, when he came out and, and basically seemed to have opened the door for the election to be adjudicated in court, could he have been that dumb as oh. to not see that consequence? Did someone, did someone get him to throw that door open? Well, and, interesting and, question. He does seem to be... As I started out saying an hour ago, one would think he was a dumb bunny for for the way he's uh, brought this uh, case. Well, so so I, again, this NSA guy once told me, "Don't name names, because then you'll glom onto it and stop thinking." The other thing that I took from that is, don't call every anyone stupid, because then you'll just chalk off what they're doing to stupidity when when there might be method and mad method to the uh -huh. madness. And so, be very careful about about drawing conclusions that allow you to stop pondering it. And so, um, and, and so I, I, you know, and then what was I looking at the other day that just struck me as surreal? It's not going to come to me. Um, it, it all looks like complete theater. Trump might know it's all complete theater. He might know that it's never going to go anywhere. He survived much worse than this. Uh-huh. And I think he even ponders how satisfying it would be to get elected while being convicted and then pardoning himself. <laughs> right. So I, I, yeah. I and then, oh, and then the, the Hunter Biden um, throwing out all the all the, the charges in the plea bargain. And then having the judge be the one who spotted the fact that there was this. <laughs> and I'd worried about this, you know, so, so when someone plea bargains and there's, you know, 50 crimes a guy committed and you agree to convict him of three of them 
and you say the other 47 will leave alone, is that a legally binding contract? That was something that had been bugging me, and I don't, I don't know the law well enough to know the answer to that. But what appears to have happened is that they tried to plea bargain. You may have noticed that every single one of Hunter Biden's charges had nothing to do with Joe, and the 47 that they threw out were all the Joe stuff. And it was the judge who spotted the fact that there was this sweeping you know, a, a dispensing of, of, of all the other charges. And the question is, first of all, how did the prosecutors, yes, permanently. And how did the prosecutors miss it? And the answer is there's no way the prosecutors could have missed no, they it. They snuck it in there. They snuck it in there because both teams want Hunter to be convicted of bullshit stuff like gun charges and stuff like that. And, and then the judge caught it. And I'm thinking now was the judge rogue or is, it, is she playing yet another role that fits into a coherent package? And that's what I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I mean, the way I, I read that was the, the, was the judge finally looked at the situation and go, you know, okay, guys, if you're going to, if you're both going to be working for Hunter Biden, you, you need to do a far better job of hiding it. <laughs> right. That would be exactly. nice. Cause I, cause I can't pass this bullshit off and, and and retain you know any semblance of, of professional decorum here dignity. This is dignity so dignity yeah dignity yeah so this is ridiculous and through and she threw it out and i don't think it has to go any farther than that dave i think that you know so you think yeah. they'll they'll cobble it back together they'll well, cobble just, it back together yeah they probably and then end up with the same end result possibly possibly but um i think i don't think they'll ever get that clause back in there to dismissing in perpetuity all the right. other I know, crimes against them or, or just their it's inability just, to prosecute him for anything in the future that's it's, absurd. It's, it, 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 I, yeah no i don't think i don't think they will either jim i think you're correct about that i also just think that this, this is what happens when you really it's one thing to put pressure on a system and to work the edges of it and work you know and work edge cases in order to get what you want and it's another thing to just blatantly walk in and go look you know you're going to just do this because i told you and there but, comes but wait, 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 though. The last, I mean is, three to, the last three to five years have been yeah. nonstop precisely that. Well, yeah, but they we're, now, we're, now we're getting to a point where, where it's so bad that at some point you're going to run across somebody who says, that's not me, though. But for <laughs> right? the last... And then, what, and then what do you do? And, then all, and all it takes is one person to stand up and go, look. And then the other thing, of course, is what if that happened and somebody tapped her on the shoulder and goes, no, you're allowed to, you're allowed to actually prosecute this one properly. She Why? ends because, up hanging because, from a tree because, with a gunshot to her chest. Well, or that there's somebody <laughs> else standing on her again. Remember when I was talking about this stuff two years ago and I said, how do mansion and cinema by themselves stand up to, to the entirety of the Senate and to Pelosi and God herself, him, her, him, her, himself, she self, Right about the build back better bill if there wasn't somebody around somebody else standing on their shoulder going it's okay you do what we tell you to do and you'll be fine no one's going to kill your children no one's going to beat you up in an alleyway and you're not going to wind up dead you know in in the arms of a ukrainian hooker it's okay We're, we've got you we've got your back that's the what problem happened. They're is, so alive. No, no. the problem is that those promises look pretty meaningless to me that is to say one thing to take out of whitney's stories and you take out of just looking at this corruption that you can still end up with, you know, two gunshots to the back of the head. 
That's possible. But they're still alive. Manchin came out today and said he's thinking about, you know, becoming independent because either brand is because both brands are terminally um, corrupted. So that throws the senatorial calculus did, did off he do this even farther for, for trying to get, wait, for trying to get, remember, if they want to get rid of Biden and they want to try and get rid of, you know, and they want to try and get rid of Harris, you know, the Spear Agnew Harris, they have to somehow worm a, worm somebody into the vice president's spot or allow President Harris and then worm somebody into the vice president's spot. That's one of theirs. And that well, person would have to be going to be very hard to Senate. do if Kamala Harris is now president and there's no vice president to break any ties. So the, the senatorial calculus every day gets more and more complicated. Uh, and I the vice president who, who is appointed people. would have to be confirmed by the Senate. I have a friend who knows a number of these people and says, A, he said, there's stupid and then there's Harris. <laughs> okay, so he, he was just saying you just cannot fathom how stupid she is. The right. second let me thing elaborate on is... this point I was trying to make. Uh, if if Gavin Newsom or somebody else was dragged in to be uh, the vice president, and then supposedly Kamala is induced to split the scene, you know, th this new vice president would have to be confirmed by the Senate in order to become president. I think. Yep. Otherwise, I think constitutionally. Kevin McCarthy would become the president, not an unconfirmed vice president. I don't trust him either. Just saying. Yeah, I don't. No, this, and guys, who benefits from this kind of political turmoil? Huh. Is it Hollywood screenwriters who are on strike. No. no. <laughs> who benefits? I'm talking financial markets now. Who benefits? Tell us. So I'm thinking again, London. Europe, you freeze capital where it currently is because the United States is a political clown show. OK, I sat there for faith, I sat in, the, there. If faith in the if faith. And I'm dead serious here. <laughs> if faith in the American system at every level, culturally, illegally, politically, all of it. If we're indicting Trump for a ham for eating a ham sandwich and putting him in fucking jail, we are now a banana republic and our and. Now we can justify Fitch downgrading our debt the other day. Like, this is the, you You have to start thinking like a fucking intelligence agent See, to understand how this shit wait, wait, works. Wait, 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 wait. I, I sat there listening intently because for a rare moment in my life, I had nothing to say. Um, I, I think your model, which is inverted relative to consensus, which is a good start, um, that Europe is calling the shots, not the United States. I, I've not yet signed off on that. It sure looks to me, and I think Jim would probably say the same. It looks, still looks to me like Europe's a bunch of meatballs and the United States is calling the shots. Meanwhile, it looks to me like Europe's getting tired of that. So, so the United States might be losing the control, but still looks like a U.S. dominated world to me. Now, the one thing that I, I didn't say it was in a U.S. dominated world. I just said who's ultimately pulling whose strings is. I what think you the have. U.S. is pulling the strings. I think all, I, I think the old money still flows out of Europe, and all the old colonial powers still. You trace. Don't tell Jamie banks, and we all wind up in the we all wind up in the same place, right? Well, is J.P. Morgan old money or what? What is J.P. Morgan? What is Citigroup? What is what is what is the the Roth or the Rothschilds? What City of London? I, I and what's, know. And what's I the know. British Crown? And they're the line, largest landholder in the world, along with. We're gonna all have the to hold. We're gonna have blah, to hold blah, Jim blah, up blah. as our resident Jew to make sure we don't get accused of being anti-Semitic. 
I um, am staying away from that with a 10 foot tower. <laughs> I would I, I would try to drag that me into that one. I'm, I'm no I'm, way. I'm, I'm doing that. this to Dally Paul going, no, no, no. You are not getting me into a Rothschild debate. Um, uh, yeah. Whitney, by the way, I know she's being deified by us now, but she she goes she goes straight into the, that that shitstorm. Um, the the I, I think we're seeing alliances that are far. I, I think I think it's far more chaotic. Yeah, and, and I think we're I think we're seeing it. This feels to me like World War One, pre World War One, and and. And and I don't think we know who's who's going to be aligned with who. I think they're people are they're feeling out, you know, where the bread's butter. So, you know, the, you got the Saudis saying we don't care about the United States anymore. That that's a pretty surreal stance for them to take. Right. Yes. Uh, in all of this so far, again, no discussion of the role of China. And I think Russia, China alliance could be. Europe, Europe and, and the United States could be trying to figure out how to deal with Russia, China. Well, I mean, I, I'm not, not going to I'm not even arguing that point. I think the Russians, the Chinese and the Iranians. And I've, I've, I, I to, to me, I think they're the, the triangle. Right. Russia, China. Iran. You, you put Iran on the same because of the trade, because of the necessity of overland trade. Like Iran is the crossroads from from east from east to west. Without a doubt, Iran is incredibly important going back 6,000 years. If you want overland trade, like the International North-South Transport Corridor mostly runs through Iran. Like it's it's mostly two countries, Russia, the Caspian Sea, and Iran, right? And the same thing in why Pakistan is important. I was having this discussion with my partner, Dexter White, the other day about this. He's like, why is Pakistan important? I was like, because it is the east-west corridor from Western China into Iran and then to points east. And then why is Turkey important? Because Turkey because of the Black Sea and the Dardanelles and the Bosphorus and Dardanelles and all the rest of it. Like these things, at the end of the day, we're always arguing about where goods are going to travel and how they're going to get into the hands of the people that want them. All the rest of this financialized and, and esoteric political bullshit and discussions of power all come down to that. And again, as you know, Alex Craner points out all the time, it's about collateral. Okay, so I think Russia, China, and Iran are very are very clear when, in okay, there. When it, you say collateral, I want to make sure I, I understand. Well, are you talking the kind of currency collateral? Are you talking about what I would call sort of old school capital? Because the United States has phenomenal collateral. Physical capital. Well, the United States commodities is still and the United dominant. States has plenty of it. Right. And so yes. you can strip away all our debt and all our money and everything. We still have the United States. Exactly. And at the end of the day, we have a tremendous collateral base. We have a tremendous capital base. Europe does not. And so if you're the weak player at the table strategically, I want you to stop and think about this as if this is a big four player game of who of who wins the world. OK, you've got Europe, you've got the global south, you've got the United States, you've got Russia, China, Iran. OK, that's the way I look at it. when you when you because those are the three because the Russians and the Iranians are the two that the United States and and Europe collectively have tried to destroy in order to get access and neutralize China. So the three so the three of them together form the tripod and everything else, as long as they're united in the way they operate. Right. Then everybody else will can, you know, they can glom onto their leadership. Right. So that's why I've always thought of uh, the 
I in BRICS has always been the has been Iran, while India has always played both sides against the middle. So in that four-player game, who has collateral and who doesn't? Three players, three players at the table have an awful lot of collateral. And one player doesn't. And when you okay, let's 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 think of it this way. Go back to the why was the Iran nuclear deal the worst thing that ever happened to neoconservatives? I never understood it, so I can't answer that. I can one. I can answer it. I can answer it very easily. It was an it was an opportunity to open up Iran to European investment. The JCPOA was signed, and within a month, Total had gone in and cut a four and a half billion dollar oil deal with NIOC over the North Pars gas field or and some other. Like they, they, Europe was, any was moving in, the Total was moving in, everybody was moving in. Okay. And who was screaming bloody murder about this? The Brits, who have a, who've been sitting on, as we find out in the last year, have been sitting on a massive amount of oil off the north slope of Scotland. And the Israelis, who have been desperate to get the East Med pipeline and to bring their energy out of Israel and out of the Golan Heights into Europe. And the Saudis were, you know, drafted along into the Syrian project. And so were most of the Arab League saying, oh, we can, we, you know, we'll bypass Iran and we'll bring pipelines so, okay. to Turkey and all that. So, so, so let's say we head for nukes. I've that? had this theory that they're going to freeze the shit out of us for a couple of winters. So we all beg for nuclear power and get over that hump. Mm. Um, if nuclear power becomes the power of the future, which seems like it's long overdue to become the power of the future, Great. which would also explain why the U.S. might be saying, oh, everything's got to go electric because it's a lot easier to think electric with nuclear power. Mm -hmm. um, the question is, what does that do to the various power balances if nuclear energy becomes the energy of the it's, we're still we're still a long way from that and that's why jamie diamond went to china and sat sat there at sat there at the symposium that he put together and met with members of the politburo and the pboc and chinese business leaders and literally said on freaking bloomberg oil is going to be with us for the next 50 years get over yourselves but jamie when diamond diamond, when, da when diamond speaks at this point i might as well be listening to the president of the united states well yeah there's a sales pitch for you I don't listen to him. I mean, I, and so. as far as I'm concerned, Diamond and Powell are like, you know, they've been running this they've been running this Abbott and Costello game on the rest of the world for like the last three years now. Every time Powell like, you know, does the resting hawk face thing when he goes out in public and raises interest rates again, um, Diamond comes out about two weeks later and goes, Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Like, and we need more oil. And we're going to drill and we're going to re onshore and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And he but Diamond is no less, but he's also saying we're not going to decouple from China. He hey, said that's Jim, the biggest goddamn your... that's the biggest goddamn fantasy ever anybody ever heard of. We're not Jim, tell me your opinion about oil for the next 50 years. Well, you and I connected way back in the days yeah. when you were the king king of oil. Tell well, me what I you think about king, the I... But I was uh, one of the people You're outspoken. You are outspoken. Um, one, one thing I got to go back to is um, I'm not sure that we have the capital to develop nuclear, the next generation of nuclear um, power plants. I think we might have blown that the same way that we we don't have the capital 
uh, or the will to uh, build a high-speed rail system or even fix the existing rail system in America, which would have helped us a lot. Um, you know, I think as far as... If, I, I am surprised by uh, Tom Luongo saying uh, that there is... Uh, what do you call it? The North Slope of the Scottish uh, oil fields? Yeah, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't yeah, heard that. that was, and I, and right. it Liz me to wonder, said we're going to drill off the coast of Scotland and three days later... She, they, that was in her budget. That was in the mini budget, and they talked about that. And three days later, she was no longer prime minister. I thought I thought that oil that region was totally pounded. No, they, they have more. They have more of it. They have more. They, they have more there. Yeah. Well, it's, that would that would really beg the question: Why they're not developing it now? Right. You know, they're, they, they are now they to, wanted to, now they now they wanted to, now they want to develop it. And even Sunak has come out and talked about that re this this recently as well. This is this has come up before. This is nothing. This is not. Um, this is this is a thing. It's it's real. Well, it's happening because they want to sell that energy back to Europe. Now that, they know they have now that Russia has been cut out. Are now that Russia has been cut out of the European energy market. Now you develop the oil. Oh, that's short term, though. Is it's it that short term? Is it? If it's a, and if, would you would you want to bet any serious amount of money if, that Russia won't be supplying serious energy in two years? I don't know. I think right. I don't, but the price, I look at this. I, I you know what I, you know. I see at this point with the Russians. I see that the Russians are so freaking pissed off with all of Europe. They're like, <laughs> you know what? Our oil flows can go east. Our oil flows. I know, can go but south. oil oil's fungible. So you know, is if oil no, flowing well, into the world, it's not really. It is and it isn't. Depending on the refineries, depending on the grade, depending on where it needs to go. European refineries. Well, I know it's itself. not fungible on instantaneous timescales, but it is fungible. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, eventually, yeah. I just think I just think that the I think that that Putin is never going to go. Putin went along with the idea for years. He said, "Look." My our, my strategy, his strategy was very clear, and it was flawed. It's a huge flaw because he underestimated the mendacity of European colonialists. And he said, "I'm going to try and make peace with Europe by selling them all the oil and all the gas that they need, so that they, that will preclude us ever fighting a war again." It well, what work. about the simpler model that Putin needed? Capital period. What's that? Well, I, yeah, the but, simpler but, model but is not, but not at the prices the that Russia he was getting in Europe. No, 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 no. But, but, the, but, but the Soviet hey. Union falls apart. The place is a mess. They got no capital. They're trying to rebuild their former glory. They needed capital. It's that. Huh. And what, that's a simple model. It is a simple. It's model. not I'm about. Saying. It's not about winning friends and influencing people. It's just we need fucking money. Hey, uh, I think. Hey, it's real, a, I think it's a real quick. Like I, I said, like I said before the show, I have to run to the store, and I'll, I'll literally be back in ten minutes. You guys can keep talking. Like I'll, I'll be back. Okay. In 10, yeah, we'll, keep going. We'll run yeah. it from here. Yeah, we'll just, run it from yeah, here. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I, I know that. Well, I'm, it fuck up your take. Well, fuck up your nope. day. Now we get to hammer you. No, yeah, no, no. I've, I've accepted. It's, it's my time. So if Car we had karma's up, coming full, sir. I've accepted it. I've accepted yeah, it. If, okay. So, I okay, mean, let's yeah, no, go, with Tommy. It's not, it's not like hey, Dave. It's not like Putin wouldn't have a strategy that would hit multiple, you know, that would hit along multiple vectors. I mean, right? I mean, come on. Like, but 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 there, but there there's 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 sort of these different angles that aren't necessarily in opposition to each other. Where on the one hand, you you always come at it as a geopolitical fight, mm -hmm. and to me, it also could just look like a resource grab this period 
Just, well, just, but just that's what geopolitics make, is. Make, is ultimately about. Well, yeah, but you're, yeah, but you're, you're on another layer of the onion. You're talking about global domination and stuff like that. Those are not words of, that are just resource grab. Those are about power, and I know yeah. resources are power, but resources are also just profit. Yeah, yeah. Just money. Well, to some extent, I, I, this I, is uh, also a question of, uh, you know, it's an existential question of survival of uh, way sure. of life. Uh, especially for you know Western the Western nations. Here's a question I have for you. If, if if I were to ask you, I've asked this before, and it's amazing on Twitter polls uh, what I get out of things like this. But will our population sometime in the next hundred years drop to a billion? I could easily see that happening if uh, you know if the world uh, basically goes medieval. I, well, let's put it this way. I can see a very significant drop in cut in half. Europe, How about in, the, cut in half? Cut Europe half. in the United cut States. Half yeah, off. sure. You bet. Again, depends on it depends on a lot of things. I mean, it all depends on what angle you want to ask that question from. Now, there's there's nitwits out there. In my opinion, they're nitwits who think the global elite want to take it to below a million. A and million. Then therefore, a billion. Excuse me, okay. a billion. You know, the Club of Rome crowd. Right. Yeah. And and that that's their goal, and then the, the the select few who get to stay will live happy lives. I'm going. I don't think those are going to be happy lives. I I think that 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 the journey to a billion, there would not be a, a, hardly a single person who wouldn't be a miserable wretch. You'd be. You ever see the movie The Postman? I think it's called The Postman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really great, and that's where we'd end up before we rebuilt society. I agree. I, I I think I think that they I'm sympathetic that, that they think that they whatever system they're going to build can only survive with, a you know, can only serve a billion people. I do believe they think that they talk about this way too much that without well, a certain, you know, because once you reach a certain energy density threshold, like you can't you, we can't support enough people we can't support enough people like so is it possible if, if right? you're if you're if you're is a Malthusian right what? Well, Jim, would, Jim I think would say potentially yes based on my 20 years of paying attention it's to what he said to do what? and I would and I would always is argue it possible that. they're correct and they're saying look it is not sustainable we really do have to get down to this much lower carrying capacity Right. I think the, we're going the, to get the, down to a lower carrying capacity. You asked me about the oil situation. Well, I'm you asking know, about whether the whether it's a foregone conclusion that at some point we are going to have to shrink the population I, I, way I, down. I, I refuse. Of, I re- yeah, that, I will never. I will never make a. I will never sign off on a foregone conclusion about anything about the future that I don't know. Because I'm sorry, um, what we think we know about what's no, going no, no, on no. Is, is 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 just too. It's just not not good enough. It's just, well, I think it's very. It's likely, always, there's I always mean, the opportunity that as prices rise, new shit comes in. Innovation is the mother. Crisis is the mother of innovation, and and new. Well, new someone recently new said the the world ends only once, so be careful about predicting that. Um, right. um I agree with that. Um, could you picture a future in which we have twenty billion? No. No. So, so we're we're smacking our heads on the ceiling a little bit here already. Then I they, would they, say or so. the, the current projections are that we top out at nine point one billion people if nothing changes. Ceteris paribus, the current system right. will will top out at nine point one billion simply because because as people move into the middle class, birth rates fall, and then and then and then you know the birth death model evens out. 
I'd and, say for another reason, for another reason, which is that people keep having sex even under conditions of hardship, so that the, there will be an overhang of population growth even after we very clearly head down a you know kind of a Seneca cliff. Yeah, but at the same time, so, so when, people under, when, people, when, when, when people are under stress, their fertility drops. So, like big you know, big die-offs occur in parts of the world that, admittedly, white guys don't worry about. Are we going to have some point in the future where it's going to come home? Are we going? Yeah, you know, the I Russians so. during World War II, the Russians certainly lost lots of people. The, the the photos of people walking down the street with bodies in the street, just from dying of starvation. Are we going to? Do you think we're going to have that come to Jesus thing in the future? That kind of thing? Where? Well, one of the where, things that it depends on is uh, how the whole vaccine episode works out, because mm. we have plenty of reason to believe. <laughs> That, you know, look, 75 percent of the American population got more than one vaccine shot. And, you know, we know now that there's a tremendous amount of uh, subclinical myocarditis in the population. Yes, and that is. presents, you know, within the first five years. And, uh, uh, you know, I think there's a likelihood that we're going to see considerable uh, loss of population just because of that. Uh, you right. add on top of that, you know, economic hardship that that we're liable to face because of, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of things, including what are, you know, including our fossil fuel predicament in the USA. And um, I think that the, the population will go down considerably, uh, uh, probably within the next 10 years. Yeah, I think I, I can well imagine that we'd be, you know, under 200 million. So the planning for that, there's there extremes. Well, individually, oh. as an I, I individual. One, this one before we go forward. One of the things to to think in, in terms of is that as complex systems like ours break down, you're going to have cascading effects throughout the entire society. That's right. That's right. That's the biggest problem here. So as the division of labor contracts. So too does complexity, and so too then then the that crisis itself creates the counterbalance. They always there's always action reaction. And the action reaction model in this this sense is then birth rates are going to go up. Well, you can already see a very to drop. Then you're going to start to see birth rates start to go up. Once you hit a rock bottom, that's when things start to that's when things start to turn around. Remember, 30 years ago, when everybody was talking about how the Russian race as a race would be gone by the time by today, because the birth rate projections then, because Malthusian thinking of single vector analysis of a thing, I plug X into the equation and I solve for f of X and I get, I get and yeah I get right. That doesn't off. work very well. It doesn't fucking that's, work. Everything is simple. that's what the climate Everybody, guys do. That's what the well, climate guys do. This is, the, this is do. the essence of all Malthusian thinking. So I don't right. give a shit whether we're going to have enough oil in seventy-five or hundred years or twenty years or fifty years. No. If oil, in real terms, was more expensive today than it was fifty years ago, I would be on board with okay, we need to have a, a shift over to nuclear power tomorrow. But we don't. Oil today is 13, 13 to 14% more expensive in real un, in real terms using this underreported CPI as the gauge than it was 50 years ago during the Arab oil crisis. So oil's not more expensive than it was then. It's in nominal terms it is, but not in real terms. But it's getting so, harder to get. Yes, but the technology to get more of it out of the ground has improved 
at the same pace. So offshore, offshore uh, wells are, I mean, and I mean, dude, there's so many fucking technologies I personally have witnessed in the last 10 years as an oil sector analyst going, yep, that's going to extend the life of, that's going to bring all those old wells back online, or that's going to bring this, that's going to extend the, the life of the fracking wells or this, all this shit's happening because because crisis is the and and investments and the investment cycle are the mother of innovation and if it eventually hits a wall then we'll replace it with something else and then it'll either be the uranium 238 cycle or the uranium 233 cycle as the thorium 230 as th with thorium 232 as the, as the breeder those are your options for the energy density that we need so now the question is is are people going to start putting billions of dollars towards thorium 232 slash uranium-233 cycle, because that's actually the path to human freedom, not uranium-238. Uranium-238 is the path to nuclear power with nuclear bombs, not clean nuclear power. Well, as far as I know, so, there I don't care been, what we use in the future. I don't give a shit. I just, as far I just as I know, there hasn't been a demonstration. Work. There hasn't been a, a demonstration of, of a working thorium reactor at scale. No, not at scale, but we're, we're we now the Russians are running a uh, the Russians and the Chinese. I don't remember who's running which one, but one is running a two megawatt reactor, and the other one's running a four megawatt reactor. And I I also know the technology well enough to know, and Dave would know as a chemist as well, that the limiting factor is not the technology of the size of the reactor; it is the size of the filtration system to keep the thorium molten salt reactor running, because as the fuel is spent, the 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 impurities are the things that need to be filtered out in order to keep the reactor running effectively. That is an engineering problem. That is a material I was problem. told by a nuclear, a guy who I think seems to be up to speed on the nukes, that the real modern technology can take can take the, the nuclear fuel down to zero now. It used to be you'd, you'd refine it, you'd get 6%, and then you'd have to throw away 94%. Right. And and he said you can take it down to zero now. It, so yeah, I, have this are, image of, I have this image of Back to the Future where the guy shows up and dumps garbage into his car and then drives off. And, um, I, I mean, we we know that we know that about the thorium um, cycle because it's um, it's a, it's a greater than two. Um, it creates more neutrons than it and that sees the 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 the, the reaction. Then uh, it, it's a you you feed it fuel. It uses all it uses all of it. I don't. I'm not really up to the speed on modern, uh, on better uh, uranium-238 reactor designs, but I know that they're better than the Gen One light water reactors that we keep selling around the world. Mm -hmm. I, and I know that Rosatom isn't selling very many of those. And I know that the, that Rosatom's book of business is fucking enormous. Oh, and I was one of the guys who bought RSX, not in, in quantity. Right. Uh, I owned a, I had a very small number of shares for about five years, mm -hmm. but I was one of the ones who said, look, I'm going to try to catch this as a yep. dead cat. And I was about two days from the shutdown. Um, it was and in my was portfolio. On my That's right. So, I didn't play it big. Um, my disappointment will be that they'll start trading it again, but the big guys will be able to grab it all up before it's actually available to us little guys. Yeah, the, the, the bigger question is whether or not you're, you even still have custodial ownership of the shares because they, uh, yeah, I know. The, the, you know what's a really stupid part is? We took all these resources that the Western investors owned, we gave them back to Russia. <laughs> <You know. laughs> right? 
He said, okay, we're going to fuck those Russians by shutting down trading. So all you guys in the United so that, States. Yeah, so that you can trap billions of dollars of capital inside Russia. Oh, yeah. That, that was, that was, that's like in blazing saddles. You know? <laughs> no one ever underestimated the stupidity of neocons and their bloodthirst for killing Russians. Oh, you mean like Lindsey Graham, one of those? Yes. <laughs> and, everybody, and everybody else. They really do want to kill just as far I, I, I put it in an article I wrote recently. I'm like, what do you, you know, talking about Russia and Ukraine and, 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 the, and, and this, the, just how terrible the whole idea is of the, the amount of wasted human capital and the offensives, the, the war back and forth, all the dead. And I'm like, and the, but at the end of the day, when you really stop to think about the people who were behind this war. It's like a variation on the old joke about what, you know, what, of you know, 50 dead lawyers. What do you call 50 dead lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? A good, good start. Well, what yeah. do you call 100? What do you call 200,000 dead Slavs fighting over swamp a Statistic. Statistic. <laughs> a good start. Uh, no, worse than that, a good start. Well, That's it's not, you know, the famous, Madeline Al the famous Madeleine Albright quote is just so staggering. It, it, the, yes. the, when she was asked about 500,000 dead oh, kids, yeah. and she said, was it worth it? And she said, I, all things considered, yes. I'm going, you just said that? It was <laughs> staggering. That, yep. That'll live in infamy for for for. For centuries, provided we live for centuries. Yeah, um, right up there with Pol Pot. Oh my God! <laughs> yes, horrible. The pot calling the kettle black, right? Um, such listen, I, I there's something that I, I just want to say uh, the little that I can about uh, uh, the energy question. Sure. Uh, I think that there are two elements of the story that we're not really taking into account. One is that the amount of capital that it's going to need that's going to be required to continue to perform these fracking operations i think the capital is not going to be available i think that that one of the features of the coming financial uh train wreck is going to be that a, an awful lot of capital that we were depending on for exactly this kind of contingency is not going to be there so that's one thing the second thing let me, is, let me add to that before you go to the next thing I think they actually knowingly threw capital down the toilet to say, look, we want the energy, forget about the price, forget about the consequences. So I think they knew it, knowingly blew up yeah. a, a capital bubble in the energy market to get that yeah. fracking. They wanted to, it was a, it was a stunt to, to yes. prove something, you know? Well, it's an outgrowth uh, of, out of zero bound money. Never the forget second that. thing is that I think we underestimate the amount of uh, social disorder that we're moving into and, and how disruptive that's going to be to all of these kinds of activities that are highly rationalized activities. Well, total yeah. loss in faith of institutions. Yes. That's, a, that's, that's, that's a good start all, for what I'm talking about. All that's institutions. The, and that's why this is now all of a sudden became a gold podcast. Um, I, uh, one other thing I want to say... Uh, uh, apropos of uh, what Tom said about uh, uh, the, the cascading uh, problems of systems, um, we're already beginning to see something really interesting, which is just at the local level, a tremendous uh, loss of competence in just about everything that we need to conduct you know, daily American life.
Healthcare. We can't find plumbers. We can't find electricians. The healthcare system is absolutely unraveling, and for the strangest reasons, too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not simply the racketeering and the insurance uh, dynamic with the uh, organized medicine, but but for the strangest reason, uh, the doctors have lost their fucking minds. You know, they're still out there retailing a, a vaccine that's killing people. And that is destroying people's faith in, in, you know, organized medicine or corporatized medicine, however we're going to define it. So there's a tremendous uh, bleed out of competence right now that's going on. And you can imagine how much worse it's going to I mean, right now, our economy is not that damaged. It's pretty damaged, but not that damaged. It's not crumbling. Um, but imagine what happens, you know, after some serious train wreck happens. That's those are the points. There's no doubt, Jim, that we're on the verge of a massive credit crisis. I didn't, I've never sat here and said, yeah, Powell's going to raise rates to 6% and not going to cause any pain. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was listening. You wouldn't have believed he could get to six. Six kind of amazing. I, 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 I threw it out there originally just to get people, just to shock people and to get them thinking. And then I'll, no, I think you can get there. Okay, so now I think you can get the seven. Ooh. Okay, um, but I'm rooting for it. I, so am I, I, I because I want, look, I, I want look. the train wreck over. Rip the bandage well, off. Not, I want it over. Just, it, you know, it's, it's not just that, but it's also what does you know, there's two there's many ways of looking at this. What does um, raising the cost of capital do? Tremendous quickly one it, it brings out leverage two it biases capital towards those things that we need the most so capital is only put towards the things that we need the most well that means rebuilding the things that have been destroyed it also means that all the dumb ideas that have been subsidized by cheap money you know training right. bathrooms and all and all of this stuff all that goes away as well <laughs> it means that it means that it means that professional sports are going to become that's why I would if I, if I were Disney, I'd be selling ESPN. I would have sold ESPN two years ago. Okay. I would I sell, their, I would sell their, I would sell their back catalog to Apple right now. And I would sell Marvel in a heartbeat. Like I'm dead serious. Like these, like the, and Martin Armstrong warned us about all this shit ages ago saying, this is coming. We're going to start to seeing interest rates rise around the globe. And when that happens, you know, the old, you know, all these over, uh, these over-invested systems, uh, these over, where we've pushed capital into the wrong a- aspects of our society. This is a very Austrian argument, actually. I was you know, about to say, this is pure, it's very Austrian. It's pure Austrian. Pure. And this is all going to come right back into the productive portion of the economy. And this is where you're going to find out, no, Jim, I disagree with you. We're going to put a fuckload of money into the oil markets. Okay, because we're going to need the oil because we mm-hmm. don't have any other replacement technology. But we're also when I was so I was listening to Neil Howe, who's on Wealthy. On I don't know if you guys saw that interview I recently. Did. Okay, so what did what what did what was the most important part of everything that Neil said was when he said he asked the question. He's like, I ask this people about all, all this this question to people all the time. When's the best time to reform the system? And everybody reflexively will say, when everything when we have the money to reform the system. Yeah, that's we never do though. But we never do. do. It has to be the crisis. So we have to have the crisis. We have to have the recession. And I really fundamentally believe at this point that when the next 
recession hits that everybody is scared of, that's when we're going to find out just what the fuck we're made out of. And if we're not made out of it, we're going to collapse. It can't just be the next recession, though. See, what, it's going to well, be bad. It's going to be really bad. It's going to be really bad. Because what the easy money policy has done, it has created four decades of V bounces. Yes. And the problem is we need the recession that will bring about this catharsis will be one where the V-bounce never shows up. Nope. It's going to be down. And and so then what will happen is the boomers will discover that they're worth half or more or less of what they thought they were. So now instead of yep. being retiring, they're going to be getting food stamps. And, and then it's just not coming back. Yep. And the last time that sort of shit happened – we had a quarter the debt to GDP ratio that we have now. Yeah. And so and I that, think. And so, what that, and so what that means is the that what that means is that we're going to have to. This is what I've been arguing for. for make a while. choices. And, make choices. One one big choices. And the choice is going to be cut the government by 25 to 40 by 25 to 30 percent. That's well, one. that, that by everybody the way forget that... everybody forget the idea that you're going to have a managed health care plan. Your managed health care plan is that family you don't talk to. But it also implies that those uh, people are not going to be getting the food stamps. Right. Right. Uh, well, or that the Department of Defense is no longer going to get $900 billion officially and another couple hundred billion unofficially through other agencies that are actually wholly on subsidiaries there. But I think, we're like so deeply of in, I think we're so deeply in debt that you could zero the government out. No. And, and, because I do think I do think you can I do think remember so much of our I, I look I've I've run this idea out there multiple times gold is going to become part of the new monetary system the bricks are going to force it on us or we're going to do it when Trump I I've, I've talked about this before guys when Trump was when Trump had when Trump was trying to get Judy Shelton onto the Federal Reserve Board <laughs> yes remember that. Yeah, trying to get Judy Shelton of all people onto the Federal Reserve Board, and the, bug last, Supremo. and the last person, the last thing that John Mc, that John McCain did before his um, brain tumor reached up and, and throttled his brain and gave his life, it regrettably gave its only life for its country, um, fist bumped Kamala Harris on the Senate floor for blocking her accession to the Federal Reserve Board, because when Mnuchin and Trump were talking about fifteen hundred year bonds, they were leaving out the linchpin. With a five percent gold redemption clause, hmm. you throw gold out onto the yield curve. You can throw out. You can write a fifty-year bond with five percent gold redemption and a two percent coupon payable in dollars, regardless of what interest rates are. Because now you can allow the price of gold to rise to meet to give investors the money, give them investors the return they want. They can stop sitting on the price of gold. There's a moment in time when governments are going to embrace higher gold prices. Or they're just going to hyperinflate to infinity. I don't think we're going to have that situation this time. And the reason is because there is an antipode to this system that if you if they want to survive, they have a choice. They can follow what the bricks are eventually going to, are going to do and start and 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 are doing right now, which is they are going to create a trade settlement, a pan country trade settlement system that is settled in gold which will change the dynamic completely. They're reintroducing gold into the global monetary system, and we're going to have to. That's Europe's only way out. And, and the, it'll the, happen the, when well, the U.S. will embrace this. And the U.S. will embrace this. The U.S. banking system will embrace this when it's after they've broken the ECB. 
and they've broken so up they, Europe. So this they has know. not happened to date because nope, we bomb the shit out of everybody who talks about it. Exactly. <laughs> and now we can't because the Russians right. stood up to us and the Russians have basically said, yeah, no. And everybody else is saying, I think those Russians have, have got it. Like the, I, when you think about the response to the sanctions from the rest of the world, where we went out of our way to try and isolate the, Rus the Russians from the rest of the world in the month in March of 2022, and the rest of the world didn't follow. Only the Anglosphere followed. Only Europe followed. Only the WEF-controlled Anglosphere, you know, the, the British Crown, the, the, the Commonwealth, the United States, Europe. Everybody else said, what, are you kidding me? We depend on Russian grain. We depend on Russian aluminum. We depend on Russian titanium. We forget the oil and gas. How about all the other things? The uranium, the titanium, the tungsten, the this, the that. All this shit. Like lumber. Lumber. Timber. All of it. We're not doing it. And Salmon. when Russia moved into Syria in 2015 and stood up to the empire and we didn't and we didn't immediately oust them. That was the moment that everybody stood up and took notice. Do you the Russian think intervention that, into Syria in October 2015 was the turning point. Do you think that the uh, Ukraine war is showing that our military is now a hollowed out core or simply no. showing that um, that we haven't unleashed it? I think it's a mixture of both, Dave. I think we don't have the capacity to run an industrial war against the russians because we don't have the capacity at the industrial level to fight that war i do believe that our i still believe that our weapon systems and our combined operations are probably strict are probably uh if not are, are, are still superior to the russians the russians have not proven they can do combined arm arms ops in any way right but that, but being that, that being, being superior is not the story because you have to include as one of the parameters the pussy factor and and what we don't have is we get bent out of shape when five guys get killed. I know. Yeah. No. And, and the Russians and the Russians do not get bent out of shape when five guys get killed. No, they don't. And, and I, so so I, I, Russia I can win by by simply blackening a few eyes. I, I've been saying for the big from the beginning, Putin has always understood the the parameters of how to fight a war of attrition along multiple vectors, and you do parallel aggression. When you're, you know, you blow. Okay, so okay, Britain, Ukraine, you blow up the Kerch Strait Bridge again. It's like Swamp Castle from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like we'll <laughs> blow up the Kerch Strait Bridge. We'll build it again. Right? It's like Swamp Castle. That that, that routine. Um, okay, you'll send some drones into Moscow. Okay, you'll blow up a, uh, a you'll you'll blow up the stealth bomber factory. But those or whatever. drones in Moscow. Okay, none of that stuff matters. Bottle, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna send Wagner to you. We're gonna send we're gonna send Wagner to you. We're gonna send Wagner to. Niger and back the coup and take away all France's freaking um, <laughs> commodity collateral. <laughs> like, that's the biggest fuck you of all time. That's what you I would mention at one point. You mentioned at one point the Italians and the French were about to go at it. What's the status on that, by the way? Yeah, they, uh, they, they uh, still Hey, hey, they, hey, they still by are. the way, they, the, the people in the streets in, in Niger were waving Russian flags. Yeah, they were. Remember, hey, all of this way, guys, blew up a week after all the African leaders were in St. Petersburg meeting with Putin? I just, I, 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 you know, they went to Putin. I, went I just want, I, I need to interject here. Sure. Bottoms up. 
So, <laughs> I can't even. Look. I can't. I can't even. I have the vapors now. Um, <laughs> there's probably people watching this going. I have no idea what, the what the are they, they talking about. about? What are um, they talking about? Mahatma Gandhi has spoken. Okay. Remember the um, sign. Remember the sign in the men's bathroom that said, "Please don't eat the mints." <laughs> um, to try and bring this back onto the rails i don't know if that's russian russian gauge iberian gauge or or irish gauge or western gauge um i've played enough board games to know that there are different pages um i think that you you asked about italy and, and france well i can tell you that who's on who ripped the seventh seal off of european economic policy georgia maloney when she came when she came yeah. out and she talked about the cfa frank right so does the, the, the I, way, I, have a cr- the, I have a crush on maloney yeah no, i think i think she's playing i think she's in a very difficult they're very difficult place i i've been arguing for a while now that like she's her job is to survive her job is to yeah. is to try and just survive the crazy because the the eu is trying to get rid of her the and so she's she's backed up to the americans um and i'll still wave the ukrainian flag because the americans want her to because that's the way she says no. what was that motion There's... you just did you were doing something there what was that waving the flag <laughs> I was waving the, the flag thing. like the old like the old italian man at the end of catch 22 oh the okay. americans are coming through oh the germans are coming through oh yeah again yeah. <laughs> all right so i, I mean if you guys really want me to go that route no okay no. fine so <laughs> I just think it's it's it, I but it, it's clear that Maloney's in a very difficult position in Italy. The Italian deep state makes all of our deep states it, across the rest of the West look like pikers. amateurs, tourists, pikers, whatever you want to call us, right? So, you know, but again, some of those guys are starting to die off. Rosconi's gone. You know, maybe Mattarella will be off. Will be out of the. She's got. She's got to wait until Mattarella's term. I think is up in twenty twenty four. I think Mattarella's term as president is up. I don't remember. It's 2024, 2025. I don't quite remember. I have to somebody go look it up and let me know that I'm an idiot that I don't I can't remember this off the top of my head. Um, because that's what the internet does. They, you know, like to tell you that you're an idiot for that which you don't have completely, you know, I don't have my, my fucking cliff notes in front of me of European politics. Um but she's in a difficult position. So I think she's just gonna like do her best to try and survive and stay in power for as long as possible and then make inroads and and make good deals all across North Africa. Algeria, um what's the place we destroyed? Libya. Tunisia. Uh, Tunisia. What's the place Libya. we destroyed? Libya. What's the place we destroyed? There's there's an open ended question. <laughs> yeah, there's an open ended question. <laughs> I was thinking of the one like right over there. And then there's and and, and the other thing that people have, have that's flown under the radar as well is that the Russians and the Chinese have, have forgiven close to 50 billion dollars with the sub-saharan african debt and now they're like looking at the imf going your turn your turn and the imf is like no we we, we expect we expect to be paid back and like the loan sharks are just losing all of their their the, like all of the systems of control are all breaking down and the big ones are now being actively attacked and when egypt says you know what i'm not paying back my imf loan at all that one's going to be fun 
And mm-hmm. I, I think that that's very, very close to, to something. One of these countries is going to just say no to the IMF. And uh, and the Americans aren't going to respond to it. And you know why? Because we don't control the IMF anymore. Klaus Schwab does. Georgieva is her her gal. Is his she's she's his gal. Same thing with Lagarde. Remember, he got rid of Dominique Strauss-Kahn and moved in Lagarde, and then he moved Draghi into the ECB, and then he moved him out and moved him into the in, into the Italian prime ministership, and they moved Lagarde into the. Like this, this shit's like this is not hard, guys. I mean, Schwab himself may be the front man for somebody for a de- for a bigger game, but he's still. So let me like, see if I got this right. You're saying Strauss Kahn's rape charge was politically motivated? Oh, absolutely. That was a, that was a classic. <laughs> nut, that was a classic nuts and slots. I'm being facetious. Nuts. I am being facetious, Tom. That was classic nuts and slots. Absolutely. That's exactly right. I want to get to that? the nuts and nuts, nuts and, and slots. slots. Oh, you, you, pick, yeah, pick, pick, pick one. You either you either accuse the guy of being insane, or you know you give him, you or you catch him in in, in bed with a, uh, you know, it's the dead hooker live boy test. You can either get caught in bed with a dead hooker or a live boy. Either <laughs> dead hooker doesn't do it anymore. Dead hooker doesn't yeah, do it anymore. You got to go for the live boy, and even that doesn't really work anymore either. I think you guys got to go for an armadillo now. <laughs> 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 not that i've tried but no but hey no armadillos from florida no one wants leprosy i know you get leprosy it's terrible is that right yeah that's, no, that's, that's a where the leprosy that's... outbreak across florida from 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 armadillos yeah you gotta be be very don't that's touch the, the reservoir yeah i gotta don't. figure leprosy is the worst of your concerns if you're smacking it way on an armadillo <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've read Thomas Governor, dude. I do not want to be a leper. leper. No. This this gets to a topic that I've been working on for several years, but I accelerated it this year, and I'm likely to go down the rabbit hole. Um, I've been trying to come up with a model that explains why people do things that seem so counterintuitive. Right. So, anathema to, first of all, the United States. Now, you say, oh, they're a sociopath, but there's people who do things you say, you've lost all sense of what we stand for, the, the pillars of our system, and you're you're throwing us on the bus, why are you doing that? And then you see guys do stuff where you go, you're not even doing something in your own best interest. What's that all about, right? So, right. so there's, there's so, and, and the guiding force that I've been sort of been exploring pretty intensively, and it's very depressing, is the role of, 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 of sex, uh, sex blackmail and pedophilia. So the reason this year it's picked up, of course, is because that movie, The Sound of Sound of, of Silent, of Freedom. Freedom. Right. But I was working on it before that. I picked up on it when I was reading about the Wayfair scandal and stuff like that. But I'm beginning to believe, um, having read a lot this year, that, that, that it really is that the trafficking problem is both huge. They're not selling children to uh, guys in trailer parks. They're selling them to rich and powerful people. And and what you'll notice is they catch occasionally they'll bring back a kid. Occasionally they'll catch a trafficker. They absolutely will never catch someone who actually was the recipient of the child. Hmm. And there's whole organizations like the National, you know, Center for for Abuse and Missing Children, the International Center for Abuse and Missing. They're huge organizations. And then when you dig into them, they start looking like the Clinton Foundation. Mm-hmm. They start looking like just graft and corruption themselves. And you start seeing names of people who you know are perverts 
on the boards and things like that. And I read the book, The Franklin Scandal. Forget the documentary. It's too cheesy. The book is great. The book is insane. Now, here's where it really gets interesting. Whitney Webb brings up the Franklin scandal a lot in her book. Part two? But she, part two. You, you should just read part two if you want to do it. Yeah, okay. Um, and even that is tough going. But It's, it's a slog, where, yeah. Yeah, it's a real, it's a real brawl. But, but um, Whitney comes at it from here are all the bad guys, and then she occasionally connects them with the Franklin scandal. So the Franklin scandal said, here's all the pedophiles, and here, here's all the, the, the abused crackheads who, who you know are crackheads because some guy jammed it up their ass for their first 10 years of their life. Um, the, combined, the two tell a compelling story of pedophilia playing seriously geopolitical roles. Pizzagate, mm. I am now a believer in Pizzagate. I don't know what parts are wrong. I don't know what right. parts are right, but I am absolutely a believer that Pizzagate has fundamentally sound foundations in the theory. I've read, you know, massive documents on the Pizzagate with all the emails and document and analyzing and stuff like that. Right. Um, and 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 it appears, you know, we've taken Jeffrey Epstein, who's a supreme intelligence guy, a supreme perv, a supreme blackmailer, Roy Cohn level blackmailer. Mm. And we've reduced him to a perv who just like teenagers. Yep. Society. And, and the media was complicit in the whole story, which means someone stepping on the entire media, which means therefore. Um, so, so the sound of the sound of freedom, freedom. Mm -hmm. Um. When I first saw it, I said, when I first saw it coming out, it, it inspired me. And then I went and watched it. And I had a, we had a, my wife and I talked about it. We had a couple of allergic reactions. One was, um, she said, the guy goes deep into the Colombian jungles to get one girl, left, left a family of six or seven behind. No one in their right mind would make that calculus. You do not leave seven children at home to go save one unknown child in the in the jungles of Colombia with what would appear to be like a 98% fatality probability. And then the thing that troubled me was is they never showed where the they showed pedophiles in a traditional pedophile sense. So whenever you see the pedophiles, it's not some congressman. It's some guy in a van with with this awful look on his face. And I just don't think those are the pedophiles. Right. Uh, no one seems to doubt that the trafficking is a massive problem. But the, no article ever takes it to where do these kids end up. Yep. They never get it there. Sound of Freedom never got it there. So then there was this huge pushback that basically was, you know, Rolling Stone and various groups talked about what a horrible movie Sound of Freedom was. It was QAnon adjacent and blah, 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 which I think right away it says someone is blocking the shit out of the movie. It turns out I've dug into it and I think they're both right. So my conclusion right now is tentatively that Sound of Freedom is a gigantic grift. That someone spotted the opportunity that this was a way to sell sell the, the, the broken hearts and minds of people a lot, a lot of fundraising. I don't know. Caviezel seems like a fanatic, uh, you know, yeah, a, a religious might, fanatic. He might be, but he himself might have been duped. Ballard yeah. is, is showing some they, sketchy they, connectivity. Ballard showing some sketchy connectivity. The thing is, so, I, I would I, I would I would argue knowing knowing how knowing a little bit 
not a lot, a little bit about script development and Hollywood and all the rest of it. Because remember, this is not an outside of the Hollywood system right. produced film. This is a film that was sat on for five years and then eventually was distributed. Okay. Right. Finished. Yeah, it was finished. So it was finished and distributed or whatever. It was, and finally found distribution. Because of that, Dave, I would, I would caution you about the soft peddling of the whole um, who are the pedophiles thing part. Because that's going to be the only, there's going to be only, it's, it's never going to be allowed if it goes through a certain Oh, oh there's no, there's no, that's right. There's no, so, 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 they, so you do what you can in the, you know, in the, in the development process, you do what you can. And then from there, there there's, you leave, you leave people to, 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 to go to the, the, the next. There's step. no question. The problem is, and, and these, these problems could be being brought up by, you know, psyops and you name it. Right. But, but the problem is the, the pushback is telling a pretty good fucking story that superimposed on the sounds of freedom mm -hmm. is a big grift. So, yep. and they both could be right. That's hey, the problem. They could, they could be. They could be. I, hey, I would Dave. say that I think they're hysterical over their their hysterical overreaction about QAnon and this and everything else. And they were all on talking point tells me that this this they just they know the movie gets close enough to the mark. I agree that, with that. And Dave. that's all that that's all and that's all that's necessary. Dave. Um, I you you mentioned the other day in some tweet or something that you're preparing your uh, your year in review uh, already. You know, filing your right. various uh, right. subject papers. Do you think that we're going to see some kind of interesting resolution of this uh, pedophile stuff before uh, too long? No, it's not moving. I think the, I not think, moving no, toward the pedophile, I think the pedophiles are running the globe. Uh huh. Yeah. I I, I, I think. I think I, you don't have to corrupt that. I have several working hypotheses. One, for example, I have this idea that you fictionalize reality. So you take something that's real, MKUltra. You then make a movie about it that looks just like MKUltra, which then allows people to say, oh, yeah, that's just the born identity, right? So they dismiss <laughs> it, right? And you, 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 you do that routinely. So Sound of Freedom, in some sense, could be the fictionalizing of reality. Of course. And and then and then the other thing is I don't think you corrupt people in power. I think you corrupt people and then give them power. And that's the classic yes. Epstein play. Right? Yep. That's the classic Epstein play. You find and the so and I, you find and you find people who are corruptible and then you just That's you right. Just, that's just right. Give them and, what they and, want. And and then you look into things like spirit cooking. Mm -hmm. There's no question that spirit cooking is real. Mm -hmm. The question is whether they're actually eating people. Right. They're pretending to eat people. You got to be a sick motherfucker to pretend to eat people. I don't care whether they're real, yeah. but it's it is absolutely <laughs> real. That, 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 right. Well, that's right. But 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 there is definitely the spirit cooking satanic crap out there where people go through the motions. You ever seen Alex Jones's outing of the Bohemian Grove guys? Yep. He nailed it. I mean, he, he did. I remember. I remember David that. Gergen. I remember he him confronting it. David Gergen and all that. Oh, stuff. It was hilarious. God. I watched right, that stuff that came it. out. Are you kidding? Like that was how I was there with Alex when he was doing that shit. I was like, and how hooked know, into uh, how hooked into the WEF uh, with the the pedophile networks? I don't. I haven't made that connection yet. Oh, I, you right. know. So so my goal is never. You know, 
I've watched the guys who do this really well, and I could never keep up with them. So my goal is to just produce a narrative, like my Ukraine narrative last year I'm fiercely proud of. And it's not that I have any inside information or anything. What I did is I found the 40 people talking about Ukraine through the, the right lens, in my opinion. Right. The people who are looking at it saying, look, Putin had to attack. They were slaughtering people, the Azov Battalion, the whole thing. There were tons of people talking about the Ukrainian war. T not tons, but there was a number of dozen people who were talking about Ukraine um, correctly, in my opinion. What I successfully did, in my opinion, was bring their voices under one narrative. Right. They were not doing that. I did that. And, and, I, and I'm proud of that. I'm trying to get at the question of, of whether pedophilia and sexual blackmail, how big an influence is it on everything we see geopolitically? It, it could be the guiding principle by which they take people of wealth and power and they get them, right? And you don't have to control everybody, but, but one of the things about the Franklin scandal, for those who don't know, do you guys all know the Franklin scandal? No, I, I just- uh... okay bookmarked it on, on uh, the browser to look at it Okay, later. so the Franklin scandal is about a pedophile ring run by a guy named Larry King, not the, not the, the news guy, um, uh, some guy who's Republican tied, strong Republican ties. And, and, and the witnesses who came out and said, this is what they did to us, were all a bunch of junky, crackhead, you know, multiple personality types because they were fucked up. They were completely fucked up. But but a number of highly credible people, you know, interviewed them and 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 corroborated their stories. And it became very clear, in my opinion, from reading the book, that there was this pedophile ring working out of Omaha, and that and that they were flying kids around the country to go to parties in Manhattan and things like that. It didn't look like a huge <laughs> scandal. I mean, it didn't look like a huge ring to me. But what was market, remarkable is how high up the suppression of the story came from. So you start with the lowest level where the chief of police, they go to him and they get nothing. You find out he's one of the perps. You then find out the attorney general of Nebraska completely stepped on it. Then you find out that the FBI massacred witnesses who dared tell them about what was going on. And, 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 and threatened to throw him in jail for decades for perjury and shit like that. So the FBI came off as truly awful. And then they had a Supreme Court decision and they brought in a judge illegally who was not a legal Supreme Court justice who then just butchered the living shit out of the entire trial. And it was it was so And so you were left with a sense of this relatively self-contained pedophile ring and they said that the influence came from deep inside the White House. And I said, okay, Roy Cohn, who knows, right? Um, so, so the response to the scandal was so disproportionate to what you would have expected that you're left with a sense that this was a tip of the iceberg that they had to deal with. Yep. And so, so then you start looking at Pete's again. You start looking at the, I, I just think there's a, there's a and, and Roy Cohn was a fame. Did, did anyone see Corey Feldman on The View call out Hollywood for being rampant pedophilia? Mm -hmm. Right. So he's on The View 
He says there's a rampant pedophilia problem. So did Elijah Wood. By the way, he recanted. Boy, you read the Franklin Scandal book and you go, I know how they got him to recant. They step on people like there is no tomorrow to make sure they don't follow through with that story. So, so, so Barbara Walters, here's Corey Feldman on The View. She's on The View at that point. And he says there's a rampant pedophilia problem. And the logical thing, if it's an uncomfortable topic, and say, oh, boy, that's a problem. Let's go to commercial. And then say, Corey, what the fuck? What the fuck are you doing? And he's been asked why I won't name names. He said, Corey Heim, his buddy, got raped relentlessly, committed suicide. He said Elijah Wood. He said himself. He said he won't name names. He, and they and people criticize him. And he says, I have to sell the story. If I name names, it's gone. It's gone. The only way I'm going to sell the story is to keep those names to myself until it's time. So, yeah. so in any event, so he, he says this, and Barbara Walters doesn't do what you would think is logical. And that is having an entire problem. industry. That's right. She came in and she attacked him with everything she has. So then I'm too along reading one of my more recent books, and they're talking about Roy Cohn. And they're talking about how he was as tight as tight could be with Barbara Walters. I go, holy shit. Well, her dad owned a nightclub, you know, the Latin Quarter. That. Yeah, he owned the, he owned the uh, Latin Quarter nightclub in New York in Manhattan. So, right. he, so he, he was part of the, that, that, you know, night world of uh, New York City. Yeah, Studio 54. Well, this Roy is earlier. Was uh, huge in Studio the 54. The Latin Quarter was 50s and 40s. But for those who are listening who don't know Roy Cohn, he was, he was probably the most legendary sexual blackmailer of the 20th century. He was bad. And by the way, he built Reagan from bottom to top. What? He, Roy Cohn had control of Reagan's career before he even got elected president of the Screen Guild Association. Roy Cohn created, yeah. how, how, created was, was Reagan. Was Reagan a perv in some way? No, I, no, I think they just saw the potential. They, right, they saw the potential and then they, and then they use him. But there's pictures, you booted up on... Booted up on uh, on Google. If you search Reagan and Roy Cohn, let me just search this just to make sure I'm not blowing hot air. Um, Reagan and Roy Cohn. You'll see pictures of Roy Cohn in the, in 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 the the inner circle, banging well, I away. Think Nancy some... was Nancy was tight with him, was she not? Well, I don't know who was tight with him, but he was he was inside the most inner circle of Reagan's White House, and. Right. And if you go to images, um, well, there's a couple pictures of Reagan with him, but there's somewhere it's clearly Roy Cohn is, is, is and Roy Cohn was the, the right-hand man of McCarthy. And so he, he, Roy Cohn is the undisputable bad man. There he is with, uh, there he is with fucking the more recent douchebag. I can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> the guy got sent to jail. Um, he was the baddest of the bad. And he supposed he trained Epstein. The claim is he trained. He was Trump's mentor. Mm -hmm. Now, that. and I was on a podcast and I said, now, was he photographed with Trump? And did they cross paths? Because powerful people cross paths all the time. In yep. New York, especially. Yes. Yes. The claim is, no, it was really much worse than that. So with I Trump? haven't yet gotten with Trump. I haven't yet gotten the documentation on that. Right. But um, but Roy Cohn is about as evil as evil could be. He was sociopathically evil. And uh, and so the bottom line is, is I think this has been going on for decades, millennia, probably. Right. Um, and and uh, it, 
I could use some help if anyone spots something, but um, I just wanted to point that out. That's what I'm working on. Now, the other thing I'm going to write about is I'm, I'm, I, I have to make sure I kind of keep them separate, but I, I've got to go at the transgender crap. I, I've just got to go at it. Yeah. There's just, mm -hmm. there's too much at stake. And it, there's double angle. One is the, the activists who are destroying young lives, the parents mm -hmm. who are going to wake up someday. And, you know, some, some kid's going to be saying to their parent 10 years from now, where were you when I needed a parent? Yep. How did you how did you let me do this? And I'm confident this will happen. The other one is the Title IX in sports, right? Where they where where so so Riley Gaines is the emerging story there, and she said that so she stood up against you know Leah Thomas and all that you know the transgender in sports. Now, Title IX got women's sports on the map. And then they yep. come in and destroy it. I, it's just staggering to me. Where are the adults in the room for that one? Well, especially so Riley, the athletic directors and the, that's the right. university deans. You start watching Riley Gaines interviews and you'll find out that she said behind closed doors, it's a 98% keep up the fight. She's getting congratulated for fighting this. She's by the swimmer who? who got by everybody, by, but who, are, by coaches, who are the fucking deans? who looked at this guy, Leah Thomas, and said, oh, yeah, we're going to let a six-foot-four tranny uh, with a big nutsack Well, one of the guys who girls. told her to keep fighting was the head of the NCAA. And she looks at him Why and she says... Why didn't he fight? That's He's what the she head said. Of the she NCAA. said, I'm fighting you. So this is how insane this is. And so no one wants to lose their job. And, and I, at some level, I get it. I'm, I'm vaccinated. I didn't get vaccinated because I thought I needed it. It was vaccinate or lose my job. And I did the math and I said, look, I don't think the probability of being hurt is that high. I'm not quitting on a hunch. And therefore I vaccinated. It was that simple. If you said you got to take another, I'm old enough now where I'd say no. But when I had the, when I had the boost, I, I, I'm looking to look, I got some years left. I've already survived two of the jabs. Am I now going to quit because I, two jabs went on eventually and I won't take a third? This is nuts, right? But this is the thinking. We get blackmailed. Now you got the douchebags from Fives. You see the guys down in Australia where they claim yeah. that no one was forced to vaccinate. I go, what does that mean to you? Of course, we were all forced to vaccinate who had jobs that were going to be taken away if we didn't vaccinate. That's crazy. Well, you know, you know, you had the you had the opportunity to quit if you want. Like, oh, okay, shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah, I also that. have the opportunity to take a Louisville Slugger to that motherfucker's head. Exactly. That's that's my view, and they weren't coerced. I'm just going to beat the living snot out of that person, right? I just, I it makes me so fucking mad. I don't know yeah, why more absolutely. people don't do that. I'm a parent. Someone forces my kid to vaccinate, and they end up a zombie. Someone's going to the light. Someone <laughs> is going to the fucking light. Yeah, and I don't know why there hasn't been more of that. I I, even, I don't either. I can't. There's I, cases I, where they trick kids into that. One kid was was had immune issues. They tricked him into vaccinating at school against his parents' will, and he ended up a zombie. I would I would do gender there, transition on that motherfucker with a butter knife and sell the fucking proceeds to the to the spirit cookers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Like I, I, Speaking I, of which, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going which, into, I, I spent, I spent 20 minutes with my therapist yesterday talking about what my inner private pile will do to anybody who tries to, I, um, uh, and, 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 and my, my daughter to go fight a banker war over in fucking Ukraine. You know, if right, they decide to bring back right, the freaking draft. Right. No, no, yeah, no, like there, 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 there are many, there are many things that will get me on the top of a clock tower with a high powered rifle. I just um, heard that Harvard Medical School had a big scandal because they were there. People inside the medical school were selling body parts on the internet. Nice, nice touch. Everybody's going to make a buck somewhere. I mean, you know, come on, it's just the American yeah. way. But they were selling shit like people's faces that have been peeled off and stuff. I mean, this is weird shit. Oh, super and nice. So, super it, nice. It, yeah. It, it's 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 again. I, you know, I, I raised enough goats over the years um, and had enough, you know, had a, had a buck paddock full of, of, you put enough boy goats into a small area together, you get a whole lot of aberrant behavior. Right. Which is a metaphor for when you put a whole bunch of humans under stress, that is unnatural. You put any system under stress, you're going to get a whole lot of aberrant behavior. So, you know, I guess maybe yeah, I'm the but- only guy I guess I'm the only guy no, in but, who, can, who can take goat anal, who can take caprine anal rape and, and tie it into, you know, what this is notes. the kind of things that we're dealing with here. People lose their focus and they lose their, their all of their compass about but we, what it is. But we've is reached right. a point where where we've got a kid who, as Bill Maher said, they're trying to decide whether to be a princess or a cowboy. Right. And then we're saying, OK, once they decide, say, OK, then we're going to have to cut off your dick, your highness. Right. It's just it's just crazy. And I think we're going to look up 10 years from now and go, holy fuck, what have we done? Remember, it's like the Salem witch trials, right? It's worse. They they killed killed like three or four hundred people. And then finally someone said, what the fuck are we doing? I don't know that it's going to be 10 years, Dave, but it's it's going to be. I don't think it'll take 10. I don't think I don't either. I think we're I think we're already on the downside of this and we're. We're trying to now make make some kind of sense of it, and, and uh, the dra- the drag queen story hours really was the the top. May may have been, may have been. I mean, well, this, so 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 then then there's this question of why are corporations getting into the game? And there's this ESG scoring shit, and I go, I don't buy it. That's just not that's too simple for me. Now yeah. it turns out that I think the uh, Anheuser Busch CEO, the Ambev. Mm-hmm. He's ex-CIA. Of course he is. What? what? So you got a guy who's running guy, the company dude, that, this was that not, stepped yeah. into the shitter who's ex-CIA. Dude, I, I, from, Dave, from the moment these things started, I've been saying for, I've been, dude, six years ago, I was, was screaming that Warner Brothers was running, their, was running vandalist, six, yeah, six, seven years ago, were running vandalism campaigns against their own projects to destroy them because they didn't like what those projects said and we're talking talking the question is why well because they said the wrong things they weren't telling you they weren't telling you that communism was good and great they weren't telling you that they were telling you no you need heroes your heroes are flawed and they can be redeemed and and all this stuff we're talking anybody who's telling a story that wasn't bolt that that was that was even remotely um, constructive of old uh, of society was put on was was systematically destroyed. Hollywood destroyed or, the, or Snyder, the Snyderverse, guys. and they've tried to destroy Star Wars. 
Or I, I'm those, dead by the way, oh, excuse me, Spielberg comes out looking real bad. Whitney's oh, fuck too. yeah, he does. I can barely watch so, the Spielberg so, movie. So, so the alternative theory is, is that that CEO has been filmed getting a blowjob from a five-year-old. They yeah. own him. He was put in charge to vandalize and destroy the company. I know. But it's 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 so. But but again, it's. So you need you need leverage if he's a, if he's a true believer. You don't need you don't need you don't need the leverage if he's a true believer. If he's not a true believer, you need to give him you need to put leverage against. That's him. right. And the other thing you need is you don't need everyone to be corrupted. You just need enough people to be corrupted where the corrupted ones can wreak havoc and, and, on and, the uncorrupted and, and, ones. And 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 uh, and, that, and never forget this one as well. Especially what's going on in Hollywood right now, going back to the whole zero bound argument thing, and when capital is expensive, we're going to figure out what 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 is and isn't important. I can tell you that when you see when I watch, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of popular entertainment. I watch I, I watch my corner of it, and and it happens to be you know Star Wars and, and shit like that. I can tell you when I see a a project that should have been good and then wasn't. And then I see, uh, let's take Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Perfect example. I it, I, I it was a good movie. It was fine. It, it was it was perfectly fine. You, take, you look at that movie and you say to yourself, they spent $250 million on the movie and then they didn't support it. Disney had no marketing budget for it. Most people didn't even know it was coming out. I mean, we, even within geek culture, and I'm like steeped in geek culture, guys. Like 90% of my YouTube feed is geek culture stuff because that's what I use YouTube for. I don't use it for work, okay? I let the I let my patrons tell me what I should watch on YouTube. Like, um, and I can tell you that I barely recognized that it was coming out. I was and I was more excited for Mission Impossible 7 anyway. But the point being is that they don't they can't get the financing for these projects anymore. They can't get the marketing budgets for them if they don't do the right, they don't do and say the right thing. When James Mangold turns in a, an Indiana Jones story that was, should have been, uh, a, 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 it should have been feminist and woke, and wasn't, funding for the fucking the the uh, marketing funding goes away. Why is Disney under the kind of pressure it's under right now? It's not just because they're making terrible decisions about you know I got a I got a meme on my on, on my um uh, on my Twitter feed. It's a picture of a black goat, and the title is Bambi. Right. Mm -hmm. So, okay. It's hilarious. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it out to you guys later on. It's hilarious. Right. Cause it's a black goat. It's great. Um, but some of those decisions are being made on, they're being, they're being driven at the corporate level. And then if they don't write, if they don't do what they're supposed to do, then they don't get the funding to make the next project. So these things are hideously expensive to make. This is why, and the, I mean, I can I can go like a hundred miles down the road as to why I think they're like literally going after the, all the projects, all the things that Lucas built to build Lucasfilm because Lucas was the original outsider trying to break Hollywood and trying to break the CIA's control over Hollywood. Or did anybody not watch THX eleven thirty eight and 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 American Graffiti? Like, and didn't they, did anybody not listen to George Lucas talk when he was twenty eight years old? Oh, the other guy is interesting to listen to is Aaron Russo. You watch the Aaron Russo videos? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I met Russo. Oh, at a I met Russo at a, at, a, at a Libertarian Party. I put on the 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 Florida convention in Gainesville in 2004 
and Russo was there. And Russo was there. We hung out. Yeah, I hung out with him all evening. So he, I was he, he he's a Hollywood producer. Former who was Hollywood. he's dead now. Yeah, he's dead. Who was best buddies with David Rockefeller, and he did mm -hmm. a bunch of interviews where he talked about what Rockefeller said. Yeah, and it's sort of staggering New World Order shit. Oh yeah. You can Staggering find the, you should be able to find these. Well, at least the Cohen brothers are out there. <laughs> they the they seem brothers. to operate independently of Hollywood, largely. They, for the most part, they do, and they just get Hollywood to. So here, here's my question. Here's another. But they also question. make movies that only cost five or ten million dollars to make, and they do it on purpose. Yeah. Does there's this massive corruption where where there's this completely blurry line between uh, intelligence, um, corporate America, or corporate world. Um, 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 you know, twisted, satanic shit. Um, it looks to me like it's mostly left wing. I'm not seeing the profound levels of scandal on the right that I see on the left. Is is that a bias? I don't think so. That, I think you, well, you're proceeding the with the true the true point of emanation. So, so it's a left. -wing I think it's a pure. Revolution. I think, Dave. I think it's I, I, the way I've always described it is I think it's a purity spiral of born of ideological possession and, and what. And if you you know, if you support the version of reality, then it's a left brain possession. And it, it's the it's the it's that once you start down the path of the purity spiral, you 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 don't get out define, of it. Define define a purity spiral. Things have to be per. You know, it, it, so like. You ever meet a libertarian that won't talk to you unless you know you you admit that all taxation is theft and the state doesn't you know I like you get to that where if if um if, where you get rigid you get rigid you get rigid and you keep taking well if this then this and if this then that and if this then that and if this then that and so once you start down that path of going okay well we have to defend all um minority positions then you get like all the way down to the you I'm end up in a paradox you you want you want you end up with well then you end up with individualism where everybody we have to now have a different name for every different person on the planet to to categorize them in because you know every everybody's a, 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 a everybody's and you need, an oppressed and group a long time every, everybody is now an oppressed group and so ultimately you know that's Let me a, tell you a funny, and from, a funny the, and from the left because of because of the politics of oppression and envy that emanate from Marxism. Right. It's easy to fall down that path. So keep an eye. Right does the same thing from a from a the libertarian right does it from the same this the as a as an ab reaction to the Marxist left. They're just the listener bad. should pay close attention to James Lindsay, who's doing a beautiful job of yep. producing modern era Marxist. Uh, yes. analysis. I yes. had two funny events. One is I was up in the Adirondacks. I was at a convenience store and some guy I'm chatting with him. He's got a lacrosse shirt or something. And he says, you from around here? And I said, no. He said, I said, I'm from Ithaca. We have a cabin up here. And he says, you Dave Collum? And I go, fuck. <laughs> I go, I got to get off social media now. Um, <laughs> the second funny one is there's a show called the Tim D show, which I don't know shit about, but it's got a big following. Mm -hmm. And they talk about Tucker get knocked off the goddamn platform. And they said, what does this mean? And they all agree Fox is now CNN, right? And then they then the guy says, okay, with, with Tucker knocked out of there, what conservative voices do we need to hear uh, to replace him? 
And they go to this chick, I can't remember her name, and she says, I'm going to go outside the box. I'm going to go with Cornell Professor Dave Kolb. I go, oh, you got to fucking be kidding me, right? <laughs> so, so then, But then it got me thinking, and I started thinking about what's the answer to the question. And I started listing people who I thought needed to be heard more from, and it was guys like Kennedy, Greenwald, you know, the, 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 the Weinsteins, Jordan Peterson, blah, blah, blah. And, and it turns out they're all former liberals. Yep. They're all former liberals. Yep. And, and I, I listed, I, I listed, well, but it tells me the liberals who, who are the, the, the vanguard rejecting this alt left view. Yep. And the rest of us are just looking and saying, you fucked up bastards. Um, and, and, and Matt Taibbi. Um, yep. And, and so. Um, Schellenberger. Schellenberger, yep. Schellenberger. Mm. Yes, those those are the names. And I listed Victor Davis Hansen, who's got this great intellectual clarity. And then someone attacked him and I said, give me a link. And it turns out there's this fucking article from 2004 in which he is just talking about how wonderful the Iraq war is. Oh, yeah. He's going, a... oh, my God. Oh, yeah, my no, God. Victor Davis Hansen is for me has always been bubble. one of the. Yeah, one of the biggest. I, 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 yeah, I remember reading that article back then. I, I just started dismissing him as a, as a, as a huge neocon back then. I used to read Justin Romando at antiwar.com religiously. I, I did too. I did too. And he, but he, 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 he does took have, into the woodshed, woodshed ages ago. Yeah. But, but he reminds me a little bit of George Will, where they yeah. buried in there's a problem, but there's a huge intellect. Yeah, no, there is. It's just it's just in service of of a very evil in service idea. of the wrong cause. Yeah, yeah. and that that burst that bubble like crazy. That burst yeah, that bubble. George badly. Will was always a was always a Buckleyite. Like, oh, oh, really? Oh, so so. You I didn't know oh, Buckley was oh, such a bad ass. CIA. Yeah, we all have to. Start, I didn't know that. Going. I didn't know that until recently. I didn't know that. <laughs> Jim's like, I've got to go. I've got to go. <laughs> I must go. Okay, Jim. We've been we've been on no, this no, more than two no, and a half. No, hours. Jim, Jim, just just this thing. <laughs> Oh, okay, I, I don't have to go yeah. like that. I, I gotta go do some things. Yeah, I got. I've got chickens. A, I've got a go sick chicken. The chickens. Yeah. You know, I had to. I had to shoot my rooster last uh, Monday. Um, <laughs> he was savaging. He was savaging my hens. Yeah. And uh, it just there was there were two incidents on Monday where he just wouldn't stop trying to kill one of the hens, and. Uh, Yep. So I went I went back inside the office and got the 22 and I had to plug Quick him. joke for you. Quick joke for you. Then I'll let you go. Guy needs to replace his rooster. This is relevant to you. Uh-oh. Dr drives into, big mean motherfucker too, and drives into the barnyard and the, the rooster, he opens the door, rooster jumps out and starts humping all the chickens savagely, just like in the, in the, in the Kunstler farm. And then, and then he goes in the pig barns. He's humping all the pigs. <laughs> God. And 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 the the farmer's going, "Oh, you're gonna fuck yourself to death. I'm gonna have to buy another." And then he's into the cow barns, and he goes to the horse barns, and 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 the 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 farmer said, "Oh, he's gonna fuck himself to death." He goes inside. They're eating dinner with his wife, and his wife said, "You hear that?" And he goes, "What?" And he says, "There's no sound." And he goes outside. There's the rooster, and a pile on the ground, and the vultures are circling overhead. And he goes over and he throws his head down and says, I knew you'd fuck yourself to death. And the rooster opens one eye and says, I think they're coming down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really glad that that one didn't end with something about the rooster and the farmer's wife. That's all I know. <laughs> right. yeah, that'd be too trite. 
<laughs> <laughs> okay, we should wrap. I got to I got to call a guy back. One of um I just got a call from one of um Oh, come on, come on, come on. Who's the guy who runs the the big huckster? I don't know. Never mind. Uh, it's not relevant. Thank you, Tommy, for setting this up. <laughs> You're looking a little glassy-eyed there, but no, no, no. I've just been watching. No, I've been meaning to comment on something Tom said in like the first ten minutes. On uh, he thinks that they were trying to whack Obama, and I was just thinking that was just... an interesting theory. I hadn't heard. There's that. just yeah. A, there, yeah, I, I'm there's just throwing a, it out there. I don't know. There's a really... there's a great there's a joke in there about like the hitman just being a racist that thinks all black people look the same. So you just. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, and on that bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Guys, go in the description. Please go follow them on Twitter. Uh you can send uh you can send letters of condonement to Dave and uh you know aid in his his rapid mental decline that I think we've all witnessed here today and uh maybe Dave will be alive for the next show. I'm plumbing the bottom right now. I'm it's uphill from here. Yeah. <laughs> all right all right guys Jim, thank Dave, you it's been great to talk to you as always you guys be well guys Connie, thank, thank you so much for watching guys take care thank you so much for watching much love everybody Recording god bless peace